Welcome to The Action Shelf, the podcast that celebrates the glory of B-Action movies. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Lisman. Oh, Lisman, we find ourselves in the wonderful month of May, and yeah. uh, that means it's the start of another theme month here on the show, and uh, mm-hmm. this month's theme is Monster Mayhem. Yeah. May all in caps. This is a full month of monster-based action movies. Yeah, uh, kicking it off with an interesting one, too. Very interesting. Yes, indeed. This is a movie that, that has uh, bounced around our uh, uh, calendar and stuff like that. Because this is, this, is, this is one I've heard to tell of and seen around in like cult movie circles and stuff like that. So we're talking about 1992 Split Second, uh, which is a sci-fi monster movie. And uh, a, a theme month usually means a month of guests, and this month is no different. So we're bringing back some of our favorite guests on the show. And uh, returning, he was last with us for a uh, very notorious episode from our Spooktober series last year. Mm-hmm. Jerry Christman is with us. Yeah. Hello, everybody. <laughs> glad to be back. Thanks for having I, me. We're Jerry. so glad to have you back for uh, a movie that is not... Robo Vampire. Yeah, uh, I felt like we were punishing you. Um, you didn't know what you were getting Ro- into. Robo- I guess technically neither did we. No, that was the, the, that's one of those where I, I go back and debate. Like, had I known what Robo Vampire was, <laughs> would I have actually done it on the show? Uh, I don't know. It is interesting. Yeah, I, 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 I did find the making of it kind of interesting. It's an oddity, um, and as we've said, we've sort like of morbid curiosity. We've sort of uh, uh, with that, we never have to do another Godfrey Ho movie, right? Like we've exactly we've covered. That's it. You because they're all like that apparently. So once you've yes. done it, you've done it. So, but uh, you've done the master. You've done the masterworks class on him. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's it, man. Uh, so this uh, due diligence. This though, Jerry, I wanted to bring you on specifically for our sci-fi one because I know, uh, like Listman and myself, you are a big sci-fi fan. I uh, am. Uh, and uh, and there's a sci-fi icon in this movie. That's another reason I really wanted to do this, Mr. Rutger Hauer, who's in indeed one of, if not like arguably, the greatest science fiction movie. I mean, it's certainly in the running. I feel like that with Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, oh, I thought you meant the, not the Hitcher? No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Rudger Hauer is a, is a guy whose career is very interesting in that sense, though, because he's in like some amazing movies, and then he also made a lot of trash. <laughs> he yeah. sure did. Well, we all got to get paid, I guess. Yeah. He's... Yeah. Did he ever like really break in? Because like, obviously Blade Runner wasn't a huge hit when it first came out. Mm. Did, did Rudger Hauer ever get that really big breakthrough that sort of made him a well-known uh, name in, in america in america no I, I mean i think he was he was a big big deal back in holland 
Um, yeah. And and some of his, I mean, you watch something like Soldier of Orange, and he's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And his work with Paul Verhoeven. But no, I think he was always kind of a cult actor or yeah. a character actor in prestige kind of stuff. But in terms gotcha. of like as a leading man, I think of oh. him as being like like nerds love Rudger Hauer because sure. you have stuff. I mean, like The Hitcher is another example of that's a cult movie. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's very silly. He actually, I, I we were just talking about The Hitcher over on uh, Meet the Monsters, the podcast I do with Brendan Jones, and uh, we were talking about The Hitcher is a very dumb movie that is actually elevated quite a bit by Rudger Hauer. Uh, he's surprisingly good in that very stupid movie. Uh, and I think that I, that's kind of what I think of him as almost always, is a guy who brings gravitas no matter how shitty the movie is. And I think that's honestly the case in this movie, too. He is doing everything he can to bring some sort of grounding to this incredibly dumb film. He's certainly not phoning it in. No. Uh, he, he's a guy who I, I don't think I've ever seen him phone it in. And we will do, yeah. there are plenty more Rudger Hauer movies to do for the action shelf. So, uh, yeah. you know, but, uh, but yeah, let, let's talk about 1992 split second. Um, why, why is this movie called split? Second? Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions. <laughs> I have no idea why it's called that. It had sure. several different titles Ooh. during its development, apparently. It's so generic. I yeah. literally, I looked it up last night before I watched it, and then I went and sat down uh, in front of my television and then forgot the name of the movie <laughs> and had to go back and look it up. See what like, That's how see. forgettable this movie is. Well, this movie has a very interesting production history because um, I, I will say that uh, this comes to us from writer Gary Scott Thompson, uh, mm-hmm. who is best known for having written the original Fast and Furious. The original The Fast and the Furious oh. from uh, uh, 2001. Never wrote any of the other ones, but is still getting paid for being the creator of those characters. What? Yeah. A so he's motherfucker. Exactly, right? <laughs> he's never had anything to do with any of the sequels, but he gets that based I mean, on characters created by for that entire great. franchise. So um pretty good for writing what was at the time like a mid-level you know action movie um uh, he was also the creator and showrunner of do you guys remember the nbc series las vegas nope with james con yes vaguely yeah now that ran for like eight seasons though like uh james con as the head of security for a casino in las vegas i don't know how or why that carried on was popular but the idea of like the inner workings of the security people of a of a hotel and casino, but it was big. So I mean that's that's been his career. Um, but uh, what I will say is this film did not start as a science fiction movie. His original screenplay was set in present day uh, Los An- and present day Los Angeles specifically, and then basically through we we all know how movies come about. Uh, things just kept uh, getting reworked and whatever, and so it ended up being set in futuristic London. Uh, the original title was Pentagram. Yes, was, was the title of his original script. Um, that yeah, makes- it was a cultish, and, a, and you know, a, I think yeah, it was present day, and then I think the studio said it was too similar to another movie or. Something uh, yeah, like that. They did say that. Something made it like Blade Runner. And, and it's interesting because they said it was too similar to another movie that 
Oh, where, I'm trying to see where it says that it was too similar because I didn't recognize the other movie, which I thought was great. I didn't either. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you go like, uh, uh, okay, but that wasn't anything, uh, so I don't understand. Uh, then they changed the title to Black Tide uh, before it ended up being called Split Second for reasons I can't follow. Uh, <laughs> Black Tide makes a little more sense than Split Second. It does. No, yeah. I mean, Split Second really has nothing to do to do with this movie nothing i should call it rat-o-rama would have been better you know? rat-o-rama yeah. yeah i mean like uh <laughs> new moon comes to mind i mean we know that would later be a twilight sequel but at the time it wasn't uh right. anything any like really almost anything because uh, what i was not prepared for was the occult aspect of this movie um yeah you i you expect it to just be a full-blown sci-fi film but right. it's a sci-fi fantasy, I guess, which is not unheard of, but it yeah, sci-fi fantasy horror. Uh, it's a weird movie. I, uh, let's talk about who directed this movie. Tony Malam is the director of this movie, and um, oh, gee, I don't think I've seen anything he's directed other than this. As I look at his, uh, <laughs> oh, I yeah, know no. of 1981's *The Burning*, which was a horror movie. Uh, about a lake that burns people, or something. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. You gotta watch out for those lakes, man. <laughs> oh man, brutal. Uh, you be walking down an alley and turn around, there's a lake after you. The only thing, that's, the only thing that's, that's interesting about that movie is it does have a screenplay credited to Mr. Harvey Weinstein. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So nothing. It's called the groping. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh oh. Uh oh, Jerry. Jerry's on thin ice now with this podcast. Um, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no. So this guy looks like he directs a lot of low budget trash. Speaking of budget, uh, Jerry, I don't know if you saw how much this thing cost, uh, but we like to play a game here on the show where we try to guess. Oh, I have the information, but I always try to make Listman guess mm. how much this movie yeah. cost. This movie has a budget. Mm -hmm. It's very evident. John, you said it came out in theaters. It did. Um, this was a theatrically released film. I'll also talk about how much it made in theaters. But um, 1992. 19, so 1992. Mm. How much did this thing cost? Gosh, I, I always uh, I always overguess it. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna say one million dollars. <laughs> one million dollars. <laughs> I think that would be a bit low for this i'm gonna say so uh 15 million dollars let's been guess is 15 jerry do you have a, a, a your best guess uh 7.5 million oh damn oh, jerry that's very it. close that's to uh, with it. seven even seven million dollars even there you go yeah, yeah. Which, look it up. Nice. That, was that, that yeah. i mean listen you're you're probably right for what it would cost now uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, but uh, in nineteen eighty-two dollars, myself in that mindset. Yeah, seven million. You know, that's that's some money. That's not like now that'd be very low budget. Back then, that would yeah. be like eh, lower budget, but not you know. Uh, and as we are, are are want to do on the show these days now, I want to talk about what movies this was competing against for the action genre in nineteen ninety-two. Uh, you have probably the only legitimately good Steven Seagal movie, Under Siege, comes out this year. Uh, mm. You have Under Siege, you have Wesley Snipes and Passenger 57. Um, you've got Harrison Ford in Patriot Games. Mm. 
our boys Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren in Universal Soldier. Uh, you've got Lethal Weapon 3. Uh, you've got uh, Jackie Chan's Super Cop. And uh, the big hit of that summer was Tim Burton's Batman Returns. That's a that's a packed summer for action. Movie that is a packed years. summer, which might be while this movie costs seven million dollars. Uh, its final worldwide box office total was why did I oh uh, five point four. Oof. <laughs> that's million. Well, yeah, five point four. <laughs> No, five point four dollars. Um, no, five point four million on a seven million dollar budget is a disaster. I just that did a, a inflation calculator, so if it were oh, yeah. made today, it'd be around sixteen million. Okay, so okay. yeah, let's be okay. pretty close. Yeah, it yeah. Right on. Um, that makes me feel better. Thank yeah, you, Jerry. So, also, yeah. It, it also what didn't help the film? Well, a lot of things didn't help the film, but it was released the week of the L.A. riot. Yes, that was something the producers uh, oh. apparently brought up after the fact to like explain why it didn't do well right that's well i think i gave them a a good excuse (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say it's like oh it would have been huge if not for those la riots uh and actually as i mentioned uh patriot games gary scott thompson originally wrote the role of detective harley stone for harrison ford who i don't think Mm, would have gone anywhere near this thing in a million years nothing about that is surprising at all (laughs) But said he was very happy with Rudger Hauer's performance. Um, sure. Which, I mean, I will say that what made the... This is not a good movie. But by no. action shelf standards, I will give it this. Fairly watchable. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, I didn't... Yeah. This thing didn't drag as much as some. No. I would say that it, it didn't drag at all. Um, quite the opposite. It was... <laughs> moving at such a blistering pace and things were happening so quickly yeah. that it was kind of hard to, to keep up with it I in mean, a lot of ways. By the time you realize that what he's battling is Satan, you're like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 we got to Satan real quick. How do we, how, how we made the jump to this thing is Satan is just real happened, fast. Yeah. <laughs> it is real fast, yeah. I think that probably the best parts of the movie were his, uh, his scenes and his dialogue with the dog. That was probably yeah. the, oh my god oh, I love that dog probably the best most believable part of the movie was mm-hmm. Rudger Hauer calling a dog a dickhead is now one of my favorite <laughs> moments in cinema <laughs> more I, than once he did yeah I, I mean it's one of those things where he just kept saying it it was and also he kept tough talking that dog like I know you saw what <laughs> happened you listen to me because Rudger Hauer is doing his best like I'm a cop on the edge performance yeah. in this movie um very, let's dive into the plot of this movie first off we have this plot. opening <laughs> this opening crawl about setting up our world here which is very 90s eco sort of like the stuff is on people's minds because this is you know not too long before we get water world which will take this concept a lot farther of you know yeah. pollution and global warming have flooded the world here it's only kind of flooded and actually, I just saw there was a movie out last year that had a very similar um, world in it, which was that nobody saw it, so it doesn't matter. Uh, the Hugh Jackman movie, Reminiscence, if anybody saw that, uh, which was oh, a, yeah. it was a sci-fi movie that came and went pretty quickly last year. It's like it's okay. Um, did he sing it? Did he sing in this one? 
He did not sing in this one, no. Uh, it was very... Why nobody went and saw it. Yeah, it was very Blade Runner-y, but in that world, there were things where, like, parts of the city were flooded, and everywhere they walked was, like, ankle-deep water, much like this. Now, that was a bigger-budget studio movie, but still, I was sort of going, like, oh, interesting. Um, and we're in... This movie takes place in London. Yeah. Uh, futuristic London of 2008, I believe, is what they say it is. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, gee, I don't, I don't well, remember London being all of, underwater uh, in 2008. All of, all of the events in this film are because Obama got elected, I yeah. think. I think that's the inciting incident. Because you know, Lisbon, Obama. Thanks, Obama, for yeah. this movie. Obama, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, London. Uh, yeah, so we get this whole thing. Uh, they, they talk, uh, not only is, is the city underwater, but they also talk about how pollution is dark in the sky, so it's a world of endless night. That's convenient yeah, guess, for their production. Guess, yeah, it certainly is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to do any day for night. No, it's yeah. all it's all hey, night. It's all it's always night. So okay, great. Um, yeah. So we we get we get all that. They stuff. don't bring that up in the film. Like that no, it's just, just mentioned. It's just mentioned scene. quickly as almost like a. I guess this is why the whole movie's dark. Like here yeah. you go. Here's the. Here's the quick explanation because we only shot at night. Because uh, it's a lot of information that was in that opening. A uh, lot. Uh, it, it, a it, lot. It, it, it's actually setting you up for the movie, which does just bombard you with information throughout the whole thing. That is true. Yeah, there yeah so I kept many... saying read more. I tra kept trying to click it with my <laughs> finger on the TV, and it just just wouldn't work. There are There is so much exposition in this movie. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about the character of Dick Durkin, who is basically detective exposition um and also an amazing name but here's the thing i don't so this is this is london everyone is british except for rudger hauer who's doing an american accent he's a dutch guy doing an american accent in a movie set in london i don't okay because well because Kim Cattrall also didn't have an English accent, right? Yeah, right? she she actually so, is American. Yeah, and be, and because they had a history together, maybe you can intuit that they're both from America. Maybe. But his partner was from England, and that was her husband. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Okay, never mind. I was trying to give I this don't... movie even a modicum of credit. But, um, yeah, so, so we're introduced. The first thing after the crawl, we're introduced to Rutger Hauer with his cool boots. Long coat, circular sunglasses, the cigar, and he's got a big old fucking gun. <laughs> and get, get this, that gun he has in there is yeah. actually a paintball gun. Yeah. It, it looked like it, yeah. Anytime you got any kind of close-up with lighting on it, it looked like it was made of plastic. Yeah. It was. Actually, all yeah. the guns looked like the, they were the obviously guns, made of plastic. Yeah, they're all clearly like mock either paintball or airsoft guns that they've glued some stuff to to make them future <laughs> guns um it's pr i mean it, it it once again but just the whole look of this character is future badass yeah <laughs> it did I, he's, um, he's missing like a robot arm or something though i wanted one more piece of sci-fi like tech on him or something that would have been cool yeah because yeah. I, I maybe i've just been playing too much cyberpunk um <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it yeah yeah um but because he's got he's got kind of that look but yeah 
Also, you gotta love that it's permanent night, and this guy's always wearing his sunglasses. <laughs> He's just Whoa. too cool. Yeah, they didn't really get into how difficult it would be to find sunglasses in this world at this point. <laughs> that could have been an interesting character. I don't think moment. we see any other characters in the movie wearing them, because why would they? I mean, obviously, yeah. 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 Uh, and this is... Uh, and also, he's got those cool... This is very 90s. He's got the circular red lens sunglasses. Almost, almost Daredevil-esque. Um, Daredevil, almost like a, it kind of reminded me of like Natural Born Killers a little bit. Yeah, too. that's it. Yeah, oh, that's, that's right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nicholas Cage has sunglasses kind of like this and Face Off as well. Oh uh, yeah, it's very '90s. I definitely think of this as yeah. a '90s look. Um, but uh, we're, yeah, this is Detective Harley Stone. And in his in his home, that's kind of a pigeon roost. Yeah, yes. I, I called it a hoarder's <laughs> nest in my. Uh, I called it it's a hoarder's con- nest. It's definitely in my notes. condemned. Yeah. it is a condemned space. Yeah, but he has Harleys. He has a Harley Davidson in he has, his. He has a Harley. Whatever he lives. He has a Harley Davidson in the living room, and then when you go into his bathroom above the tub, he has a giant Harley Davidson sign. Like, and then he has a, a Harley show. Davidson poster next to his front door as well. Yeah, I'm starting to think this movie was sponsored by Harley Davidson. I, don't <laughs> I mean, know, you, th- those are real logos. You can't use those without some kind <laughs> of uh, you know incentive there. Oh, that's tr- that's true. Maybe that's Harley. probably half the budget went to pay Harley Harley <laughs> Davidson. I love the idea that Harley Davidson's like, yeah, we want to get involved with Split Second. This thing seems like it's <laughs> really going to be good for our brand. And see, uh, his name's Harley, and he has Harleys. See, mm-hmm. get it. Right. Get it? So that we... must have been. There must have been a pass where they're like, <laughs> Harley Davidson just gave us four million dollars. It's over half the budget. We have to change the character's first name. I'm sorry. He was That's Harry Stone, and he became Harley Stone. Exactly. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if his name was Harry because he is sort of doing his Dirty Harry impression. I mean, isn't he kind of just that, future yeah. Dirty yeah. Harry in this? Because they keep everybody comments about how big the gun he carries is. They're calling it a cannon. Mm-hmm. Um, which and it I, even has like the revolver sort of like uh, I don't remember yeah, what the exact the the, word the, is. the the cylinder like the cylinder chambers yeah. uh, of the yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. Um, which is got the cigarellos. You know, oh the god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, also, yeah. kind of barring other Clint Eastwood stuff too. Yeah, the because oh, there's never not one of those in his mouth in this thing. It's always Pretty there. Much. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's my impression of Redger Howard's performance. Was just yeah, <laughs> just kind of growls it people he does starting with this well that's that's right here uh in this opening scene where he busts into this s&m dance club i don't quite know what the deal with this place is this is the thing about the movie you're you're right listen like uh it moves so fast to me it's it was like improv structures yeah (laughs) it's like okay you're in an s&m nightclub uh you're looking for a killer go yeah, <laughs> and these actors just do the best they can with the just parameters. Like, this is what we're doing. We're gonna need a location. <laughs> we're gonna need S&M yes Dance and Club. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. And police detective. Go. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because he comes to the entrance of this club, and they're not letting him in. Because and this dog is barking at him. And I, mm-hmm. I, it's just in context. He's talking to a dog, but I wrote it down as one of the nominees for one-liners. He just goes, "Police dickhead." <laughs> <laughs> to the dog. 
<laughs> and the dog backs off. I love the dog. He's like, whoa, cops, okay. <laughs> yeah, take it easy. Take yeah. it easy, man. Hey, hey, just doing my job here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, man. And of course, and it, it notes too that it inexplicably, like, almost every scene is like, it just it just goes to a hundred real quick in yeah, the dialogue. Yes. 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 Yeah. Oh yeah. What? Well, let me in. Well, there's hey. there's no time because there's no time for build up in this movie. There's no time. We just got to get right to it in a split yes. second. I, hey, there's that's the title. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, but yeah, I think that's that that adds to the frenetic pace of it, and I think that also uh, detracts from the theoretical tension they might have been going for yes if everything's moving at a hundred all the time it's not going to well it's not going to be tension. it's interesting if you really look at the structure of the movie for the most part it's a pretty standard like cop hunts a maniac structure you know it's no different than like a dirty harry movie or later in something like seven um structurally and then they've mm-hmm. glommed on all this sci-fi stuff, and then by the end, all this like occult horror stuff. And yeah, they—I I think it does seem like, in absence of any kind of actual plot or character work, they have used pacing to just gloss over that. Because, like we said, the movie yeah. does move very quickly, which does make it watchable. But if you put any thought to anything going on in it, you're like, wait a minute, what? the hell's going on in this movie but as soon as you think about something that happened in the film yeah five other things have happened and you have to pause and process it like i literally i had to pause it several times just to be like okay where are we what's happening what's you know how can i can can i keep up with this film and the answer i i had to pause it just to stop feeling nauseous so (laughs) um that's fair that's fair <laughs> so yeah uh, uh in this club a woman has her heart ripped out in the bathroom of this yes. club ah, like, like yeah. instantly it's instantly did you have some uh future kick flashbacks here lesman i uh, did this is yes. not the first futuristic action movie where people have organs ripped out that we've watched on this show believe it or not it's true uh, although i don't think this movie hates women as much as future no. kick it's uh you know not a great start for it. No. Uh, and written, I mean, it'd be funny you mentioned Seven, John. Was uh, I read that uh, <laughs> David Fincher actually took a lot of inspiration from this film into Seven, which is stunning to me. However, you can kind of see it in, in places. Uh, and, and he goes, actually, he goes you know, I can do this cinem- better. Some of the cinematography is not bad in this movie. Yeah. No, it, 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 I, I mean, I think that's where uh, we we watched a truly atrocious looking movie last week on the show. Uh, and the last couple weeks have been pretty bad cinematography wise. But there is the gloss of, once again, it feeling like a real movie in that sense. Like it yeah. looks like a film that would come out in theaters, which we don't always get to watch yeah. on this show. Uh, yeah. I am curious who Clive Tickner, I'm guessing British, uh, yep, uh, shot this movie, and I just want to see what else he shot. Uh, looks like he's like a BBC guy, so mm-hmm. you know, like pretty good. There were stuff. a lot of, and with the pace, there were a lot of camera setups too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, lots and lots of camera setups. So yeah, it did have some, it did have some production value. This is it the seems man. Seems to me like the director was 13 years old and. And had had really good people around him. Yeah, this yeah. is the man who shot Spice World. You guys, the cinematographer of this movie. <laughs> oh well, okay, never mind. This is this is a thing of brilliance. 
Can you imagine? He's like, oh yeah, what is he being interviewed? What movies have you done? Oh, I did Spice World. Uh, Spice and I did Split Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he wants you to remember that he did uh, the the original BBC miniseries Traffic, which became the Steven Soderbergh movie. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, it's really good. Them both, both great. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, I do love how often uh, Redger Howard points his gun and just starts waving it around at people, which is what he does <laughs> after he finds his body, where he's like, "Somebody saw something! God damn it!" <laughs> 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 in the club and they're all circled around and he's pointing at everybody yeah and then and nobody's responding so it felt it felt weirdly like alienating because he's just kind of growling at people mm -hmm. and and nobody's i don't it was, well, it was and nobody very nobody did see anything like he's which is yeah. weird for the hero of the movie to be going somebody saw something i know it and then to be like no no one did and also at this point, we don't know who he is, what no. his motivations are, or anything about him. In fact, uh, that will, comes in the next He will scene. be arrested here. Yes. Actually. Yes. Uh, because he's been suspended from the police, of course. Yes. <laughs> Too much of a loose cannon. Uh, yeah. We should say also written on the mirror in blood is, I'm back. <laughs> Which later, I, I, I don't understand the motivations of this thing because... Once we find out that it's not like a human entity, I don't understand the taunting of the detective. Like I don't but follow it. Was, it was yeah. still uh, behaving like a serial killer because they were like profiling it that way. Well, because I think this is where it not being a supernatural or sci-fi thing originally as a script is starting to come in. You know, where you're going like, oh, it clearly was a serial killer movie, and they just changed like the third act to make it a monster. Yeah. Right. Well, and the 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 monster or whatever it is had excellent penmanship and excellent. grammar. So excellent, which you know, I'm bad. one of the better parts of the movie. How did it write that? Uh, uh, may, maybe his, his one of his finger blades. How did it? He, he had like quill pens for fingers, I guess. You know? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, but it, it, the, you're right, Lisman. The like the 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 width of the of the letters looked like a human finger, not a spindly claw hand. Like, yeah, I mean, it could have like carved into the mirror. That would have been something. That would have been, yeah, yeah. Just know. the idea. Well, he had the opposite, like you know how about how some people have like one one long nail for yeah. their, uh, I guess, for their drug habit. Yeah. He did the opposite. He had nine long nails and one short one, so he could write. Yeah, obviously. His, yeah, I missed that. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. It's it's subtle. I just love the idea yeah. of this. this also, yeah. this happens very quickly. He tear because. This woman screams as her heart's being ripped out, and Rutger's in that bathroom pretty quick, but this thing has gotten away, but still managed to very legibly write, I'm back on the mirror. Can it tell? All like 30, you know? 45 seconds. And, you know, A, how did he get into the bathroom? Great question. I get and B, it. how did he leave? Well, because there's I mean, no, no, later we see him frequently busting out of walls and stuff, but there's no, like, big hole in the wall this time. Nope. Nope. <laughs> That's how oh, he escapes later. There's a big hole in the plot. Thank yeah. you very much. Oh, <laughs> uh oh, uh oh. Jerry's done. That's I, it for Jerry on the show. He's going out on, right, on wow. top with that one. I liked uh, when he asked the dog where the monster went. And the dog went run around. Yeah. <laughs> he went run like, around. Well, he's at when he goes. I know you saw something, dog. And I'm going like, oh, is no, this, I didn't. Is this dog going to somehow be important? No. Is this the scene where he also looks at the little girl and it's like, oh, that's it. no, that's later. It's basically the same okay. thing later at a different murder okay. with the little girl right. is the same thing. And she also isn't important. 
<laughs> nope. That, nothing comes from that. I don't anyways. understand what any of this was. Uh, hey, little girl, did you see where the monster went? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> so, I didn't do right. So we have our, we have our police captain talking to our, our oh, uh, I guess, our audience surrogate character, Detective Dick Durkin, uh, who's who's new to the squad. Uh, he come he comes from the behavioral science unit, so he's a he's a criminal profiler. Once again, getting into very uh, uh, you know serial killer movie kind of stuff here. Oh, I'm looking up this guy who played Dick Durkin. He does a lot of video game voiceover. Primarily, oh, um, he's been involved in all those Middle Earth games. Okay, um, yeah, he does a lot of stuff. Oh, wow. and, I mean, he does. Um, he plays the Vulture and all the animated Spider-Man stuff that's on. He's done some mm -hmm. Mass Effect. Uh, he frequently plays Alfred in a lot of the animated Batman stuff. So he's wow. working. Yeah, I mean, and and once again, I don't think any of the acting is bad in this movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're doing, yeah, they're doing, like I said, also read that like pre-production was like three weeks for this movie. Yeah. It so was, I'm sure it there was, was very zero good. rehearsal. Yeah. I and, think, um, I, th I think, it, I think nothing. what it actually says is it was two weeks of pre-production then three weeks of production. So this thing was planned and shot very fast. This feels like it yeah. also it feels like it was written very quickly. Yeah. I think Jerry, what you were saying, the yes anding yeah. was the writing process. Well, I, they, I, like they I just said, took two prompts and then created a scene and then just went on to the next. Well, because I think it. that did happen because like it was developed as a normal like serial killer thriller and then yeah. pretty late in the game changed into this monster sci-fi movie. So I think you're taking yeah. a structure of movie that was probably like at least a decent script. And then very quickly adding all these genre elements to it that that obfuscate anything about it right. that was there originally. Because Dick Durkin being a profiler yeah. doesn't really matter because there isn't a profile. <laughs> no, because he ends up he ends up devil. having to be this Professor Van Helsing occult expert mm. by the end of the movie. Right, <laughs> randomly. Which didn't at the beginning of the movie he said he wasn't familiar with that stuff. Yeah, then he and but then, then he has a line where I've stayed up last night reading all the books about it. Now he's an expert. Like, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Okay, so now, so this happens at the club, and then doesn't he like he goes nuts, and then there's just a shot of him. Doesn't he get arrested or he gets? Yeah, and he's, he's in his cell going like ah. Uh, but and it's like, well, we obviously need to to get him out of there and put him back on the force. That makes well, sense. yeah, because this Give police gun, captain please. who's bringing please. Dick Durkin in gives us a full download of everything we need to know about Detective Stone. And by the way, if you're playing Action Shelf Bingo, go ahead and cross off one of our favorites, which is he's the best we've ever had. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot of he's those. He's the best movie. we've ever had. Uh, <laughs> uh, his partner. The reason he went crazy is because his partner was killed by this killer because they don't know it's a monster yet and also mm -hmm. he's your new partner um that's such a that's i mean every cop movie cliche is in this film yeah uh the yes. whole like and he's your new partner goes back to like lethal weapon right like meet yes. your new partner uh and, then he, and he's pissed off the captain's all pissed off. of course the whole time they're in the police station they're all at a hundred and, and oh what's this deal with people Pete Postlewaite? I have trouble. Pete, I always have yeah, trouble with his last I, name. Yeah, Pete Postlewaite. He's a great actor, but, like, what is that? <laughs> when Postlewaite showed up, I went, holy sh that guy's, like, a, an amazing prestige actor. A real yeah. deal. A great yeah. UK actor. 
And I was just like, where, where have I seen him in? And then I realized it was everything. Yeah, he's 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 <laughs> they in, like tear each other down and yeah. Uh, well, it, it, the second Redgar Hauer walks in, he's like, the fuck you doing here? Like it's just <laughs> <laughs> they're always about to punch each other in every scene. And they're they grab in each other, throw yeah. each other against the wall because that's and it's we never, police behavior. We know? never really get anything about what that's about exactly. Nope. They they don't. There's no time. There's just well, the movie's time. ninety minutes, and I have a feeling that it was originally supposed to be hundred and twenty minutes. So I yeah. think we're missing thirty pages of the script. Oh, I I, yeah. I there's no doubt in my mind they took like I said what was probably like an okay thriller script and just butchered it for this and made it into this schlock you know sci-fi thing. Because well, it is amazing to me who they got in there. I mean, it's yeah. not like these are not unknowns. I mean, no, there's a, several very well-known UK actors. Yeah. Kevin Cantrell, who's, who's, who's <clears throat> done a lot, Rugger Howard. It's just, I just don't know how they got him, and then we got this. It's not, I mean, at $7 million, it's, it's, you know, that's decent, okay-ish money, but, like, it, enough to afford this cast. Uh, I like is, how Kim Cantrell had just finished shooting Star Trek. Yeah, and she still uh, has her Vulcan haircut in this movie. She has her Vulcan like, haircut. Like, they can't change She it, clearly so. came right from Star Trek Six. <laughs> she did. <laughs> But that also tells you where she is. She's in a big budget Star Trek movie, and then she goes. Mm-hmm. What was this? Just like, well, on my way back home, I'll pop in. I'll pop over to England, and shoot this thing real quick, and uh, and then you know go change my Vulcan hair. Because um, yeah. I did think that. I mean, being the massive Trek nerd that I am, I'm going like, this seems a lot like your hair from Star Trek Six, and yeah. Uh, well, you can still that. see the spirit gum on her her ears from the pointy ears. So you can yeah. actually see some of the shaved off what would have been the Vulcan sideburns uh, <laughs> yeah. on her. You yeah. can see that. There's still like the yeah, stubble of yeah. Uh, that's so funny because I remember thinking that was such a like a very specific and distinct yeah like, look no. to, to yeah. have. It's all remnants. Just... Yeah, it's just remnants from the Star Trek movie she did. It's remnant, yeah, of of, of another sci-fi movie. That's yeah. Can we get Kim? Can we get Kim a wig? Nope, can't afford it. Yeah, no. Lots of budget. Sorry. Oh no, no. I mean, we've spent wigs so much. Are very expensive. We've spent so much money on this alien monster thing. Jesus Christ, uh, which they they hide for so long, and and boy, it doesn't it doesn't play like an alien where they hide the alien for so long, and then when it shows up, it delivers. Here you're like, yeah. oh, jeez, it's kind of a well, I mean, cheap it, it, xenomorph. It it does, yeah, exactly. It's a low rent xenomorph as well. Well, it's like, like they 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 combined, uh, alien with uh, venom. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's very, and they, they, I mean, that's the other thing too is they are also not only is every cop movie cliche in this, but they are ripping off so many other better sci-fi movies. The way they shoot it, where the teeth, we'll get to it later at the end, but like where the teeth are dripping. Oh, God. And you're going like, boy, you're just, you're just doing Alien. And it's worse. Of course yeah. it's, of course it's worse. Uh, yeah. Rudger, you've worked with Ridley Scott. Like, uh, right. but, um, uh, all right. Yeah. So let's, so yeah, meet your new partner. Oh, mm-hmm. he really gets, uh, he really gets pasta weight here when he stirs his coffee with the guy's pen, right? Oh, more than once. Yeah, more then he does it. Ag- then he does it again. That's his move. He's that's his fuck you. 
Well, there's uh, also he's got a lot, a lot of sugar, like a half cup of sugar in my. Well, coffee. they do talk about they do talk about that. He's subsisting on cigarettes, booze, and sugar. <laughs> <laughs> that just tells you what a mess this dude is. Uh, he drinks old cups of coffee that are just sitting around in his sink. Oh my god, That's that pretty... that grossed me out. I really was like, Ugh. Uh, oh yeah. There like, were several moments involving his apartment that were the, liter- like physically revolting. The chocolates that are just stuck yes! to the fridge. Ugh. Which oh, control eats. Yes. I had to rewind to see what? Oh, yeah. I was so Ooh, like I'm every... hungry. Chocolates on the fridge. That's okay. They're just like, hmm. what did he, did he lick them? Did he melt them? Because they're just stuck on. Just stuck it's... To it. And you can see that the fridge is like dirty and like disgusting. When they, like, I was literally worried for the actors. All right. I... So for our listeners in uh, upstate New York, they, uh, they took these uh, chocolates inexplicably and he has them stuck to his refrigerator door. Yeah. So they're like magnets, but they're in a pattern. I think it was a heart pattern. It's a heart. Yeah. It was, yeah. Because they're, you know, they're romantic. Well, and, and hearts and they... is a whole theme in the movie, right? The motif of the heart. <laughs> That's right. Oh. Very good, Johnny. She ate a piece of the heart. Yeah. Like the monster. Yeah. Oh. Hey, that, that film school education is coming back for me here. Uh... Wow. Okay. This movie's coming around. The motif I do have to admit, I'm, I'm humbled because, you know, I admit sometimes I get things wrong. I don't know. Because uh, last time I was on, we didn't. I didn't understand the hopping vampire. It right. It turns out that's, that's something very, very yes. old. Yes, I, I was. I didn't know that either, and I was shamed by Meet the Monsters co-host Brendan Jones for not knowing that. <laughs> no. Seeing, seeing as the he, two of I us know. are supposed monster experts over there, and apparently, so <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this heart-tearing Satan monster is from some deep lore. I don't think it is. Uh, <laughs> right. Maybe maybe Norse mythology or something. <laughs> I think Thor fought you know, this guy. Because um, you know Norse gods like to put chocolate on refrigerators. Right? They do. So. They do. That's a total yeah. Loki thing. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's mischief, man. Uh, yeah. Oh, so not only that do we get... Uh, but So they're meeting now. The guy, uh, yeah. he's got his... He's, uh, he's trying to come up with a, a psych profile. And he's going back and forth between a, a psychopath and a... What was the other thing he was talking about? He's, he's, he, I don't, it was, it was gobbledygook nonsense, but of course we get. Oh yeah. Like he was like, oh, psychotic. Uh, a Scorpio. He's <laughs> like, he, he, he said this monster is a scorp. Like, well, later he gets into that because we find that's when, the, that's when no, the, we'll talk about later when he's in great detail painting the right. Scorpio symbol on the ceiling and blood. Um, yeah. this guy, this no, monster spends a distinction. Long time. He said it was like, I thought we were dealing with like somebody psychotic but now he's a psychopath it was some like what it was it was a th- it, that was my thought too where i go like i don't understand how what you're saying are two different things <laughs> perhaps well, he like was a, implying we're somebody dealing... had a, a soci or a psych- psychopathic tendencies as opposed to being certified clinically psychopathic perhaps uh <laughs> I think like he's saying, "Whoa, I thought we were doing a car." Okay, here it is. I think he's. I think he's a psychotic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Here's the line. I found the line. I think he's a psychotic okay, okay. with a psychopathic personality. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. No, that's he's that's, just saying that's nonsense. That's nonsense. I had a nickel for every time that's been said to me. Also, about me, he's I mean, a yeah. killer. Like they know he's a killer. Like it's it's a thing where he goes like because he seems to be surprised. He has this whole thing where he goes, I would have thought he'd given up killing. Because I thought, and you're like, he, what? <laughs> he well, would again, seem to have stopped killing, but now he's the, back. The, pr- 
The profiling well, the, is so unimportant. I think this <laughs> it ends up being pointless up. because it's actually uh, a satanic monster, so it doesn't really matter yeah. any of it. None of this matters. Well, they could have done it. They could have done like Rutger could have said, "Well, what does that mean?" And then Dick Dick could have said, "Well, uh, he's crazy." Yeah, See, that would, you know, that's that, that would really. <laughs> Jerry just wrote a better <laughs> line than anything in the movie. So, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's at least banter. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, we do get, of course, Rudger going, I work alone, which which should be on our next bingo card list when somebody's claiming so. that they work alone. Um, yeah. Because that's in here. Uh, but then they go, hey, Stone, there was a package delivered for you. And it's this big metal thing. And he's like, nobody touch it. Just immediately, this movie is immediate. As soon as they he gets a partner, yeah, a, a package is immediately delivered to the police. I'm, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, Lisbon, because even though they're like separate bullet points in my notes, and I I don't want people to think this jumps to a new scene. They walk out of the office of the captain where they've been assigned. There's a package, and immediately there's a package that's been delivered for Rudger Hauer, and it's cold. It's like, that's all they say. It's cold to the touch. This, what this I, is like, well, like 15 minutes into the movie. Like, no time is what I like is like he, the, everyone and he kept saying, don't touch it. Don't open it. Don't open it. Don't, don't, and then all of a sudden I was like, well, okay, open it. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> actually, you know what? Go ahead and open it. Uh, well, I also do love, because this guy is such a mess, you got pasta weight going like, hey, it's probably a cooler of beer. <laughs> <laughs> and of course they open it up. And it's 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 packed in ice. It's a human heart with a big bite taken out of it. Sick fuck. Well, you know? it was very courteous that the that the the monster put it on ice. Yeah. Mm. Well, he wants to preserve he wants to make that. Sure it lasted. And it, this is and again he, he and he left a note and it was excellent penmanship. You know, it was great. Did the monster? Where, where did the monster get this cooler? You know, I know, right? Very I nice know. metal cooler. <laughs> he couldn't order it online. Cause I, yeah. I'm telling you, all this shit was before they decided it was a monster in the movie. Like, yeah. clearly, this is yeah. all remnants. Well, this is the kind of stuff where you, you kind of are right, Jerry, where you can go like, oh, yeah, Seven does this stuff better, actually. It yeah. is kind of structurally Seven, uh, where you're going I just, like I just like the taunting of the detectives, the body parts mm -hmm. that are being left out and stuff like that. Because uh -huh. um, that, you know, I just like the image of of this monster um, filling a metal briefcase uh, with ice using an ice machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Standing in front of a refrigerator, just yeah, putting crushed ice in there. Well, he's, he's, well, he's filling up like courteous. a bucket he's and then dumping monster. it in the thing and then going back to fill up the bucket <laughs> some more. Exactly. The, the, I'll tell it you takes actually. Fifteen minutes. The other thing I want to see is him filling out the shipping label for this. Oh yes, and giving it to a courier. And going, uh -huh. like, could you send this to Detective Harley Stone at the London police yeah. station? No return address, yeah. please. Uh, <laughs> he tips the delivery guy all as he the, gets in the package. You go, like, why did he do this? It's only so they can make an impression of the teeth marks, and we find out that they're monster teeth. That's it. Yeah, that is exactly the only reason. Which even still could have been a human thing, because uh, those familiar with Thomas Harris's Red Dragon... Uh, one of the great serial killer novels and subsequently uh, the film Manhunter, which is fucking amazing. Um, uh, th there's a whole thing where he puts in these like fang monster teeth in that, the, the killer in that, which is, you know, just go watch that. Go watch Manhunter or Seven or Zodiac or any number of great, basically anything Fincher directed. He's made so many serial killer movies. Um, yeah. 
that uh that are all better than this uh so yeah yeah so oh shit it's a heart and a thing uh but then you better believe uh pretty much right after this what's this there's been another murder <laughs> we have no time what? to really analyze because he's going like hey somebody quick make an impression of the bite mark we just got another murder downtown let's go this is the pacing of this movie like it does yeah. That's the thing we're talking about. It does zip along. But, yeah, you're right, Lisman. You kind of go like, well, wait, what were they just talking? Well, no time. Like, <laughs> Don't even worry about the it. The movie is just matter. yelling at you. There's no time. <laughs> Did they ever establish where this thing came from? I don't remember. No, you would no. think that would be key. Like, that would be my first thought. Yes, make the impression of the teeth, but also, let's tie it. Who, who delivered this? Let's look back at security camera footage from the building. Let's do, let's, let's do figure basic out. basic police work. Let's track please. that. Yeah, because that's always a scene in these movies when, like, a serial killer sends a package. They go, like, we got to figure out who sent this. We got to figure out who delivered it. You know, we any... Just logical stuff from that I've seen in other movies doesn't come into play here. And, and no what time. does the dystopian future have to do with this monster? Oh, Craig, nothing. Ever... Absolutely nothing. I was like so the water never if, like, comes the into play, tides... really. Yeah. yeah, if that was. The, I mean, the only thing. It, well, no, not because they talk about that he kills every new moon when the tide is high, but that doesn't have anything to do with the actual water in town, though, and anything. Not really, yeah. No, because that's just that's yeah. You know, once again, they, it did look like it almost looked like a, a water monster. Like there's like algae and stuff growing on on it, but it again, there, it's it, so it has rat DNA. Like it. Well, it 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 it, it, it carries your DNA, right? Yes, it's like, well. That's where I'm going. Like, okay, so now we're kind of ripping off the thing. Uh, yes. you know, we just keep once again every everything that happens in the movie. I'm going like. Okay, this is like another better movie that I like, you know, <laughs> but not cohesively stitched together. No, it is just like they once again they took like a Manhunter, and they go, okay, well we'll put that, and then we'll put in some Alien, we'll put in some Thing, we'll put in some Blade Runner, uh, we'll put in some Dirty it's Harry. Be, it's it, it's fine to be inspired by other great works. It's just you have to like make it make sense together. Right? Yeah, yeah they just jammed a bunch of things together. The elements yeah. of this movie do not cohere at all. Uh, no. It's <laughs> so they uh, they go. Uh, he goes back to the. Well, no, sorry, there is another murder here. He goes back to the crime scene. Sorry, that's what it is. When I said he goes to, he goes back to the crime scene and he's laying in place of the victim to. Mm -hmm. um, and the club. <laughs> this is where the club owner shows me. He's like, "Oi, what are you doing in here?" Oi! Yeah, he's a, the club owner's a total Guy Ritchie character, right? Like, uh, uh, mm. this should have been Vinnie Jones, right? Like, going like, Oi, what are you doing in my club? Uh, and this is where he hits him with, uh, he's talking about, I'm just trying to get a perspective on this. And uh, the guy says something, and he goes, No, I was talking to your secretary. And it's the dog, again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I looked in the credits. The dog's name is Havoc. So oh, just great. let great. everybody know. Yeah. The dog takes excellent shorthand too. Sorry, yeah. it's, great. it's yes, here true. when he's at this crime scene, the previous crime scene, that he gets a call that there's been another murder. Right. Yeah. So we get this yes. little thing with the dog. I don't know what he learns from this, by the way. Doing he doesn't this. learn, John. He doesn't learn anything. <laughs> this movie doesn't want him to. This try movie and solve a in yeah in no way functions properly as a detective story. Is it? 
Wait, is everything uh, sort of smushed together because it all has to happen during a new moon? Is that? I think so, yeah. Like, he has, like, he's doing all these killings within, like, three days or whatever, right? But it, uh, isn't the sky block, like, clouded <laughs> and dark? How, how do they By know? By pollution, yeah. Because it's how not, they it, when they talk about it being permanently night, it's like the Matrix. Actually, the Matrix right. uses the polluted sky much better than, well, mm -hmm. it's just a better movie, once again. Uh right. Just keep coming back to that. Uh, there's so many other better things. Um, but yeah, it, it, you're right. They wouldn't even be able to see the moon, this one, because the whole idea is I the mean, sky has no. been blocked out by pollution. It's just another thing they didn't really think about because it wasn't supposed to be a sci-fi film. So, no, you know. yeah. No, it's such a... It just... Yeah, I I can't stress how lazy this movie is. It amazes me, too. I mean, because, like... <clears throat> As everybody knows, it's like in any movie, it takes so obviously so many moving parts and so much planning, and it's like, like so a lot of work went into this and to get this, it yeah. baffles me. Yeah. Um. So they go to this next crime scene. It's somebody else with their heart ripped out, of course, because that's the mm -hmm. that's the mo. But yeah. when we're at this scene, Durkin is talking about something, and this I'm sorry, very comical looking rat puppet comes up on on his shoulder <laughs> so that harley stone can blow it away with his big gun I that just was saw the most that. upsetting like, part of the movie to me <laughs> that's fair i was just like poor, oh poor i guess r-o-u-s's are in this movie yeah. does it look pretty big this this rat puppet yeah. <laughs> Well, he got him. Yeah. I mean, oh, he, he did. He, he ever did get him? Because he just thing explodes in a glop of blood. You know, <laughs> splatters all over the wall. Uh, it, it was this scene that made me think that the the killer was going to be some sort of rat monster. Yes. You know, I I, mean? I thought the like, same. I thought thing they as... were hinting. Yeah. At a possible. No. Instead, what? Once monster. again, what is the point of any of this? Maybe a little yeah. Nutcracker Rat King. I don't. There know. you go. Yeah. There you go. No. I, I remember thinking the Rat King was. Yeah, I remember the Rat King being kind of creepy when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. Your ballet would have made it better. That's true. Oh, a ballet so. Almost anything yeah. would have made it better. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's a a pretty blank canvas here to put quality stuff on. Um, That's true. Yeah. So they, uh, yeah, th this is where they, this is where they find the Scorpio symbol once again drawn in blood on the ceiling. Very. Right. Very detailed, and a yes. lot of time this would take. Oh yeah, because he's yeah. doing it. I mean, once again, think of it, he's doing it. He's drawing it upside down, basically, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they do hint at him being like ten feet tall. So. Uh, well, they talk about that. Yeah, yeah. This guy'd have to be ten feet. I don't think he's ten feet tall when we actually see him. He's like maybe. He's seven. pretty tall. He's maybe seven uh, feet tall, though. I mean, because yeah. he's yeah. towering over like average height. Rutger Hauer. He's not, you know, right. ten feet tall. He'd really be mass. I mean, you know, you're talking yes. basket, did, professional basketball hoop height. Did we ever figure? Did they ever explain where the monster went? Because he was gone. Yeah. No. And he came back, and then I, somehow I missed it. Why is he picking on Rutger Hauer? I mean, did they ever establish that link? He has a psychic connection to Rutger Hauer, right? <laughs> Because they, they clawed him. Because he clawed him. Every, every, every person who he 
bites or claws or leaves a mark on some of his DNA is in that wound, which because both he and Dirk, well, all all three of the main characters have the psychic connection with him by the end of the movie because he's yeah. hurt them all. Yeah, it's that because that's the thing with the heartbeat where he keeps hearing the heartbeat and he's like, I know, and he's like, it's not my heartbeat. It's his. He can sense him. He's got like echolocation heartbeat for this thing. That's how, because Durkin keeps talking about like, how do you know where he's going to kill before he does it? <laughs> That's a story for another day, you know. Um, for the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. Split yeah. second two. Electric uh, Boogaloo. Oh. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they had done like a straight to video. Um, so yeah, this is where they talk about because the Scorpio symbol. They're like perhaps something occult is going on, and then I just wrote no. more tension with pasta weight, but I don't even remember what that scene is. They yell at each other some more. Who cares? Uh, yeah, doesn't matter. Uh, and this is where they looks just surprised he's in the movie. <laughs> what am I doing here? Is that uh, one look on his face? Yeah, I mean, this is another one where I'm going, like, did Postalway just have some, like, days off between other projects and goes, eh, might as well make a couple bucks. <laughs> I swear that's how some of these people end up in these movies, is they just oh, have a definitely. gap in their schedule. Uh, and they go, ah, yeah, okay, I can do that, I guess. Uh, we, should, we, should, we should call Kim Cattrall's agent and ask them. <laughs> Ask her for a statement and yeah. how she got into that movie. It's like, well, uh, oh, it's so interesting because the next movie Pasta Wave makes after this is Alien 3, which is the directorial debut of David Fincher. Oh. An another movie that was uh, a, a big mess in the production. Oh, God, yeah. Grief. Absolutely. A movie, yeah. There are so many. I have the graphic novel adaptation of the original script for it and stuff like that. That movie changed so much between oh, yeah. conception and uh, and it doesn't work. There's some cool stuff in Alien Three, but it really doesn't work as a movie. It does not. It's unfortunate. I mean, and uh, the and first two movies are so. Legendary. The first two movies are are like perfect. That, uh, yeah. that uh, Alien Three and Fincher has disowned that movie. He goes, they they took that away from me. I has nothing to do with anything I wanted to do. Um, yeah. So that's kind of a bummer. Luckily, he made seven after that, and that kind of gave him carte blanche to do what he wants. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I uh, let's see here. Uh, something going on. Oh yeah, this is where they get the teeth impression, and he goes, mm -hmm. "Do you think any man has teeth like this?" Oh, because he goes, he keeps calling it because because Darren goes, "Why do you call this thing a beast?" Whoever, why do you call this man a beast? Does a man have teeth like this? Now, is this conversation at the shooting range? Is that where this happens? Uh, I don't think that's where it happens yet. Okay. The, oh, that's that's the next scene. Uh, okay. No, because this is this is outside of the crime scene. Because this is the scene where Rudger Howard just starts firing his gun up into the sky and going, "Show yourself." I don't remember this happening. He starts firing yeah. his gun, and then all the other cops pull their guns on Rudger Hauer. <laughs> I must no have been writing kinds of guns. Too. I must have been writing notes for something that happened. Previously. What? Yeah, well, that's why I love is the shot is we don't awesome. see any of the cops. It's all just hands with guns that come into frame. It's probably yeah, just crew this. members holding prop guns, like because <laughs> it's like twenty guns on him all of a sudden. 
<laughs> but yeah, he's just firing because they're in like an alleyway, and he's just firing up into the sky, going, "I know you're here somewhere. Show yourself!" Bang, bang, ah! You know, like a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> I'm was glad they gave him. Psycho, or was he psychotic? Yeah, well, you know, he was either a, he was a psycho with psychopathic personality. <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. Completely different. Brilliant. Uh, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. They they really did their research on this movie. You mm -hmm. know, this was. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is where they're going to go to the shooting range. But for this is where they, they have a. There's a scene in the um, in the men's bathroom, and it's just so you can drop this one liner. Zip up, dick. <laughs> you think they made this scene just for that one-liner? Yeah, because they start in the, the bathroom, impression. and that yeah, they start in the bathroom, and then they go to the shooting range. There's no reason to start with the dialogue in the bathroom except for him to say that. Yeah, zip up, dick. That's a good bumper sticker. Zip up, dick. <laughs> Put that by visualize world peace and zip up, Dick. Listen, did you love this uh, shooting range scene? Because I love the sheer pointlessness of needing <laughs> to aim with this gun that just obliterates the target. I just like that the targets were made out of IKEA furniture. Yes, I yes. think that was my favorite part. <laughs> and then at the end of it, it like comes up, you know, like to show you, but you know what you hit because. You, because it's the not IKEA there. Exploded. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's, it still it's, comes up like it's a target, and you get but, to examine how every you were. Every, well, and by the way, when it comes up, it's just like the lower half of a guy. Yeah. <laughs> the scene that they cut out was them assembling the target because it comes flat packed from IKEA. So yeah, they had to and build each target. It's a bunch. It's them yeah. going. God damn it! I can't follow this diagram at all. What is was this? a chair originally. Where's the Allen wrench that came yeah. with it? Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Hand me screw AA. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, uh, like, no. Get another one. Like, I'm not going there on a Saturday. That's, I just, I, I laugh so hard at this because I'm just going like, no matter where he hits, a huge chunk of the target explodes. I'm going, why? You don't need to practice precision with this weapon. <laughs> Absolutely It not. just explodes whatever it hits. <laughs> it's which makes it, it's yeah. not, and it's, more ridiculous that he was shooting into the air with this gun <laughs> yeah, right? in, in a city he's yeah. hitting something you know <laughs> somebody's air somebody's uh window unit air conditioner just exploded um <laughs> exactly. jesus yeah. uh <laughs> by the way kids don't ever shoot bullets up in the air because no. no. what they never really show in movies is that the bullets come back down the, at terminal velocity there is only they one are. movie i can think of that actually does that it's a random movie called the mexican with brad pitt and julia Roberts. all oh, right they actually there is a thing in that movie where a character is killed because people are firing their guns up in the oh, air that's right and it lands on his head and kills him yeah. Wasn't that the name of the pistol, the Mexican? Yes, they're trying to everybody's trying to get their hands on this antique pistol. But there's a scene where they're in a town and everybody's like celebrating. I remember nothing about the movie except that scene, only mm -hmm. because that never happens. And I did think, wow, a movie did that. That's kind of cool. <laughs> they actually um, did the thing. Yeah. yeah. That that was So maybe that's maybe that's the message of a split second is don't discharge your, your weapons up in the air. Maybe that's I think so. 
It's it's part of it. it there's it, multifaceted. Um, oh, that's a better plot than what this movie had. It's, it is. You know, it, it certainly is, yeah. To, yeah uh, public service announcement, do not shoot in the air. So the, the police are driving around in these Jeeps that drive through the water, right? And yeah. Redger goes, can I see your keys? And when he shows him his keys, he's got like a, <laughs> a full-size wrestler action figure on it. Um, like way too much, way too big a thing to put on keychain. It's not like a little thing. It's a full like six inch action figure. Uh, <laughs> but he never that, loses it. So right. That well, except he's about to here because Rudger will throw his keys aside so he can't follow him where he's going. Oh, that's right. And he's like, oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, as I think about this, this guy being the voice of Alfred and Batman does kind of work. He does, does have the right sort of sense, like, yeah. oh dear. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, let's see. Yeah, so he he because he's going to this. I guess because everything's underwater now, we're just entombing people in mausoleums primarily. Is I that guess the so. idea behind this? And this is where I think they just did that so they didn't have to show like a, a like a large interior of a church. You know, this is very clearly <laughs> a sub basement somewhere. Yeah, or like a yeah some kind of because this is where we finally kind of somewhat later into the movie meet Kim Cattrall. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking. It's like when I, when, you know, when I'm looking to date, I, I, I go to a necropolis. That's where I find my <laughs> lovely, I mean, yeah, w- lovely women. Is at the yeah. necropolis. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it, it, you don't think that it's a great place to to pick up women, but it, it is because um, she's yeah. laying flowers on the grave, for lack of a better word here. Uh, the the memorial to her dead husband who was Rudger's partner, mm-hmm. but but she was sleeping with Rudger. That's a weird thing that I, that overcomplicated all of this. I thought like yeah, well, well, this is really way too that. complicated because she's yeah. both the wife of his dead partner and his long lost love that he kind of screwed up the relationship with. And I'm like that's this, that's wait too a much going on. This, this character screwed up a relationship. <laughs> Come on. Well, that's the that's the thing that it's tough to imagine he ever had like is I yes. think the well because they, they talk about he he was normal before his partner died right like that was sort of the idea that's what drove him insane. What do you right. want for dinner, honey? A dickhead, honey? I mean, yeah. Uh... The fuck am I cooking for dinner, bitch? <laughs> do you want coffee for dinner? Yeah. That's all I've got for some reason. Yeah. In my fridge, I've got coffee. What was the name of Lola's or some, something like that? A, a bags of food in the yeah, fridge? Yeah, yeah, he just had bags yeah. of food. And then, of course, at the bottom of the refrigerator, he's got, like, rotting vegetables that he bought a head of lettuce four months ago, you know? Uh, <laughs> well, you gotta get your fiber, you know? Ah, hell. Good for the heart. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, so she's there with her Vulcan haircut. Um, by the way, she's really good in Star Trek Six, I think, actually, um, which is one of the better Star Trek movies. Um, it is. It's no Star Trek Five, but, yeah, you know. <laughs> I, well, I'm just such a fan. I love all of them, even the bad ones. But uh, <laughs> but Star Trek Six is really good. Uh um so yeah so she's there he's now he shows up they just happen to show up at the same time at the because he's like what are you doing back in london (laughs) pretty convenient yeah uh and yeah but he goes uh we find out that he stopped drinking apparently 
Because he says he's back on the wagon. He's still eating the sugar and smoking, but I guess he's not drinking anymore. And she's he's really put his life back together. You know? And then here's it. <laughs> Obviously, I'm, I'm really getting it back in gear. Um, yeah, me uh, and my support pit, my, my support pigeons are really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because he staying off the sauce. Well, it cuts from the 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 mausoleum to him bringing her back to. Why would you ever bring anyone to this place? I just her non-reaction to him bringing her to a condemned uh, like uh, warehouse space. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as an this is where I'm living. <laughs> I'm just like I'm trying to imagine if somebody brought me into a space like this, yeah. and it's like, yeah, you know, help yourself to the fridge. Feel free to take a shower. You can yeah. sleep on this, you know, couch here. I'd be like, no, I'm leaving. I'm no. gonna die of tetanus if yeah. I stay here. And I did. I did want him to be like, there's a couch under there somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> it's over there in that general. Well, because I don't. I don't understand the hoarder's nest like nature of this guy. Why is he living? I understand he's like a burnout, but I would. I would almost rather play it like uh, like when you see James Bond's apartment and there's just nothing in it. Yeah. Like that. Right. Yeah. That sparse makes sense. Is this his stuff that's lying around? I don't understand this lifestyle. I don't know yeah. how this he never fits. Rides a, he never rides a Harley. In the did, I actually He's really true. thought the Harley was going to come into play in like the third act. I was, that's well, what he it, very he clearly the Harley, you got to use the Harley. Come yeah. on. <laughs> very clearly he got it on loan. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you can't use this for any stuff. They do fire it up, but it, they never it. actually drive it. Um, yeah. Uh, well, if you look closely, I think it says... Harley Mavidson. It's a knockoff. I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a knockoff. Damn it, I got taken. Uh, Wait a second. Oh, that doesn't say Harley. God yeah. damn it. Uh, they. Uh, you would think I would recognize my own name. Um, <laughs> uh, here's, a, here's a detail that comes out in this scene that never plays into anything ever is she's working with mm -hmm. kids now she's working with like underprivileged children I'm obviously like, yeah but why, also why? she's wearing this um big trench coat and mm -hmm. with like a kind of a slinky dress underneath but with the trench coat button the way it is i thought she was naked under there and i thought and, and i thought it was like weird it, yeah. like i was like yeah what is this I Wrong don't... Kim Cattrall vehicle. You're thinking of Sex in the City. Well, there will be a gratuitous nude scene of her, of course, later for no reason whatsoever. Um, <laughs> it just it's not would... even a sex scene. It's just it just is because. it is to me the ultimate exploitation movie move, which is to put a needless shower scene in a movie. It is the ultimate way to just insert nudity for no reason in a movie, where you're just going like, why? And what I love about the way it's shot is she's shot from the chest up for the majority of the scene, then it randomly just pans down to her boobs at one point to be like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're there. Don't even worry about it. We got you. <laughs> and I mean, and Kim Cattrall certainly throughout her career has never shied away from that and is very comfortable with her body, which is, you know, I'm not shaming anybody here, but it just is sort of, no. well, maybe I'm shaming the director more than anything. Or you just going like, yeah, oh, that's what I was thinking. Yes. I was like, this was for the director and the director only. Mm -hmm. Or he's yeah. just like, yeah, that's right. Because there's no other nudity in the movie. Uh, there's the weird S and M women, but yeah, yeah. Well, the club. Though. Yeah, that's that's it. But because we can't get out of these movies, Lisbon though. Hey, no, 
no threat or actual act of sexual assault in this movie, which is very rare for an action shelf movie. Thank very you. Very so rare on this show. Wow. Thank you. We so did still much. sneak a strip club scene in here, though. Um, there, that's that is true. Yeah, that's a given. But you know, yeah. I can't believe it. Every all sex is is consensual here. Uh, although yeah. I don't think they actually ever have really... sex. They don't. He and Rudger Hauer. No. They, but they no. no, they jump right to cuddling on the couch. Which is also weird. That scene where they're like cuddling on the couch and he's like, oh, you stay here and get comfy. It's almost like it's post-sex. you know. It is, but they're fully clothed. Uh, They're fully clothed. never took off their clothes. And it's just, but like all of a sudden when they're trying to play this character as like romantic and going like, oh yeah, sweetie. You're like, oh, I don't think so, man. Uh, lay down oh hold on let me just brush aside some bird shit and let me lay down <laughs> yeah he because he has a line where he goes don't mind the pigeons in here don't mind the pigeons <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know about you but when i meet someone in their house is full of pigeons i yeah. i immediately my heart just bursts i want to fall in love yeah absolutely <laughs> And then and later on she gets like weirded out by a rat being <laughs> in the apartment but again the pigeons, fact that there's numerous pigeons flying around just is not flying concerning about. And he's yeah. like, oh, whatever. Doesn't he say something about goes, ah, I can't get rid of them, so I've just accepted that they live here. Clearly have not tried very hard, but okay. <laughs> if you open I wonder a what window? the actors think when they're headed back to their trailer when they've done a scene like that. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Hey, boy. Uh, so they, uh, I also like, she goes to, she looks in his fridge, it's gross, and when she turns around, he's fallen asleep. Like, sitting yeah. on the couch, he's just asleep. Mm-hmm. And she, she looks in his wallet with, like, his badge, and there's a photo of her. And mm-hmm. apparently she's like, aww. And then just cuddles up next to him. Weird. All yeah. of this is very, I have... Her character, I have no idea what her motivations are at any point in this movie. Well, that was dating in the 90s. Now it's different now. (laughs) Yeah. What with all the apps and such. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, come on, man. Where is Harley Stone getting on Tinder? Um, (laughs) No. No. Interesting. Uh, (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Likes pigeons. Swipe right. Yeah, must must love pigeons. Uh, (laughs) Well, because when he wakes up, when he wakes up, what's going on? He's got a pigeon sitting on his head. Yeah. Very funny. All the comedy in this movie was very good. Oh, it plays. I mean, it's just. He wakes up with a pigeon on his head, and his reaction is like, hey, come on, get off of there. Like it's just it's just a normal day in Harley Stone's apartment. Eh, come on, shoo. God. He's playing fetch with the pigeon, you know. <laughs> yeah, at a certain point, man. At a certain point, I'm not buying the I can't get rid of them. You like these pigeons. Oh yeah. <laughs> come on. It's okay. Uh <laughs> But don't worry though, because while he was asleep, uh Durkin has read up on the occult. He now knows everything. And it's also outside. Yes, he's, explicit, he's asleep in his police cruiser outside, outside. Harley's. Is this, he's doing, is this where he's doing Tai Chi on the hood of his Jeep? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was weird. That was really weird. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I always do my Tai Chi on the hood of a car. Yeah, makes sense to me. Yeah, I where don't know what that was. that was. That was so weird. And he comes out and he goes, well, last night I 
learned everything I could about the occult, and now I'm a proper expert, while also letting us know that he gets laid every night. Yes. Mm-mm-mm. What was what was there? This is an ongoing bit with this character. Yeah, I don't know what the every, point any, is. Every time anybody talked about him, they're like, "Yeah, that guy gets it every night." And <laughs> for some reason, I don't. He know ha- why. Well, he lives with his girl. This seems to just be. He has a, a live-in partner, therefore he gets laid every night. I, apparently, that's yeah. that's all it takes. Yeah. Um, well, because what does he say? Anyway, hmm? Yeah, partners love it when you brag about that. You know. Yeah, I know that's well, that, I, that, that's that's an interesting. I heard somebody else talk about this on a podcast. Like, it's so gross if you go, "Yeah, I banged my wife last night." You know, like that. <laughs> okay. You know, yeah, the sort of thing we go like, Ugh. it's not like, oh, I went somewhere and met somebody and we had sex. Then you're like, oh, cool. Uh, but when you just go like, yeah, that person I've been living with for years, we totally did it last night. You're like, I don't want to fucking know <laughs> like, that. Okay. Uh, we went to Red Robin, had a yeah. couple of, uh, you know, margaritas, <laughs> came home and I banged her. Yeah. <laughs> What a night. You got yeah. the trash. You, you um, kind of assume then, that there's you know. a sexual relationship. I don't really need the details of what you're doing with your wife of many years. You know, like, I don't, that's, I just, yeah, that is hilarious to me that he goes. But also, the he's, the way he says it and the way other people say it, it makes me go, is he? Because we never actually I, see you know, the girlfriend. I, I was waiting for this to be like a lie. Because he just goes, oh, like yes. Yeah. Every yeah. night. Because he also says he runs. He runs five, five miles. miles a day, and he, except yeah. on Sundays when we're too busy fooling around in bed. And I just nobody's he's, buying it. Dude. No, he's talking like a guy who's never had sex, right? That's like he's right. talking like a guy who's going like, "That's right, every night I'm getting it on." I think the movie was trying to portray to us that he does. He's not, in fact. I think yeah. that's like. I think that's the intention behind the filmmaking. Here, but it never lands. Uh, on any kind of actual conclusion to it. It needed to end with either no. it's a lie or you do meet his super hot girlfriend at the end. It's like all setups but no punchline for whatever this bit is. Instead, it just becomes a character trait that this guy is having regular sex. Right. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and you're like, great. But also, okay. after it's in the pre-production notes, bullet-pointed. <laughs> Durkin has sex uh, a lot. But also, oh, apparently, wow. after he uh, after he finished pleasing his lady, uh, he 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 read a bunch of occult books, um, and now yeah, he knows cause, everything. Because uh, Harley asked him, "You read them all?" Yeah, and his response is, "Last night after sex." He, <laughs> yes, like why oh, do you have to say that? That was the line that I'm like a hundred percent. This guy's a virgin. The <laughs> the fact that he goes, 100%. "Yes, I, I read them all last night." You know, after sex. <laughs> And who talks like pre, that? Pre-internet. Well, no, I guess this is pre. We know about the internet, so I wonder yeah. where he got the reading material. Hmm? Great question. The local library. I went to the occult section. Uh, Maybe the monster had it delivered. <laughs> I received. I received a mysterious package last night. The return address just said "monster." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he wrote it in blood. You know, heart the monster um, thingy. From the monster. Uh, <laughs> P.S. I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Rudger goes, let's go get some breakfast at the local bar. A <laughs> lot, of, lot of bars like this. It's not like a bar and grill. 
but just like yeah. you go into just like it's just a like a grimy a lot of these places serving breakfast yeah yeah and it looked gross great. whatever he was eating was greasy and disgusting of course I mean, it, it, it fit the rest of the film. It made me never want to eat again. Actually. I know, yeah. Yeah, watching Rudger Hauer suck down this greasy slop or whatever, really. Ugh. Well, that's the other thing, too. For this, like, uh, dystopian future, other than some water about, there seems to be no other problems. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's not a lack of resources or yeah. electricity problems or something like that. Nope. Definitely not that, yeah. Like you'd think it, there would be, but yeah. No, that's the a thing. A lot of rats, like, you know. Yeah, a lot, a lot of rats, rats around. Things but... look grimy just generally, but well, everything but, yeah. is kind of waterlogged and gross in that yeah. sense. But it just seems once again they're doing a horrible job of selling me on this future at all. Uh, right. Yeah. Because yeah, like the the set design does reflect like the world and what they've set up so somebody did their job there right but the actual world building from the writer or the well like, and the, the way director, people like move about there. or act in this world doesn't seem everybody seems so nonplussed by everything i guess it's just like yeah well another day um once i mean it, it's it's an unfair comparison but the fact that rudger hauer was in blade runner really yeah. 10 years before this he's in blade runner which is one of the great depictions of the future of course uh, yeah. yeah and uh it's just you just go like and you think about like this is actually doing a broader bigger image of the future in terms of what's going on but blade runner was just more uh immersive even if it wasn't yeah. as you know it wasn't well, filled with water and stuff like that you know it, the the world is thought out you know yes, it's exactly a, it's a carefully constructed world so things that are sort of weird to us are there's at least a reason there's an intention even yeah. if it's not explored in the actual movie you could logically think oh this is this way because of this well john you mentioned the cyberpunk game earlier i mean yeah. blade runners what basically i don't want to say created the genre but brought it to the world i mean, I mean it, it, to this day it's still like one of the most influential movies ever made really like you still yeah. are seeing people borrowing from blade runner because that mm -hmm. thing just yeah I mean, I think when you talk about Lisman earlier, that not being a success, I think it was just, it was it was too much for people. It was ahead of its time in that sense. Oh yeah, uh, I remember Siskel Niebert reviewing. They're like, oh, it's just it's just too too dark, it's too depressing. I'm like that's the point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I think I think Ebert later did like go like upon further review. Actually, it's a yeah. masterpiece. Uh, it is. Uh, but yeah, in '82, people were like, huh. That was the, the biggest movie of that year was E.T. Let's keep that in mind. Uh, that was what people were going 82. to. 82. Well, it's a lot so of early. A yeah. lot of things don't, you know, it's so strange how things can catch on later. I mean, yeah. the Brady Bunch was one of the lowest rated yeah. TV series until it went into syndication. Yeah. Same with mm. Star Trek. Mm -hmm. The original Star Trek, man. Oh, which we'll get to a Star Trek kind of person later in the movie, which is very all right. Can't wait. Very strange. Uh, yeah. So they're at the bar, and this is where the partner's like, "I think, based on my occult readings, you have psychic abilities." This is where they start talking about the psychic connection to the creature. Sure. John, you, ha you sounded just like him. That was amazing. Dick Dick wow. in here. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're watching the movie live. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, Gumba. The whole, I'm getting flashbacks. Oh, the no. whole, this whole sequence is cross-cut with Kim Cattrall taking a shower and then us mm -hmm. being in the monster POV of it coming up the stairs. And I'm just going like, man, once again, barring from other – you are not psycho. Nope. <laughs> 
at all. Don't do this. Uh, and it goes on. about resources. Yeah, I was thinking like, was the water going to come out brown in the shower? No. Yeah, yeah. no. Hot running water. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there's there seems to be no industrial problems as a result of this pollution and global warming. I just thought it was buck wild she was taking a shower in this apartment. <laughs> yeah, I know, like, right? I just... how, how dirty this apartment. I mean, because she, like, she's oh, back in London. Nice. She must have somewhere she's staying, right? Like a hotel I, I or something? I would assume so. They can yeah. only be better than the uh, yeah the tetanus factory, as you, as you were mentioning. Although that, that is, is interesting place. that his apartment has running water, because later when he's making coffee, he has a giant plastic jug of water. That yes! Yes! So, what, so why... But he also has running water in the shower, and it looks well, this like isn't America. Clean, clear you can't water. drink, you know, America. You can drink your shower water, doesn't everybody? Oh wait, <laughs> but not in England. I just, yeah. I just go in there if I'm feeling parched. Yeah, exactly. I just, just stand Why in, you there in the shower and have, have a drink. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> uh, yeah, just ah, uh, uh, so refreshing. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Dystopian springs water. That's... Yeah. Uh, so they they show up and they they get the call that there is an incident at my place, <laughs> which seems very quick. You know, because like, nothing, well, because somebody... nothing has happened actually. Exactly. <laughs> like what? Why did they get the call? I don't know. And then of course we get the classic fake out of they hear Kim Cattrall scream and they come in. Uh, just so everybody can see her boobs. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and, and she's just like, oh, the water got cold all of a sudden. That's what but I was, was screaming like, about. But she was giving a inhuman, like, I'm dying. Like yeah. A whale. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is not, oh, the water's too hot. I Which hate, actually, the fact I, that he has hot water is also like, how many amenities does he actually have in this dump? That he I, I think maybe Kim Cattrall just realized what kind of movie she was in. Yeah. My career. Oh my god! I gotta call. Ah! I gotta call my agent. Yeah. My career. Yeah. She 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 ended up doing. Oh yeah yeah right. yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I, th- I mean, this is no one remembers this, right? This is a complete no. blip on her otherwise pretty successful career. Uh, yeah. yeah, the fact, once again, the fact that she also had Star Trek Six out of this time, I think, kind of washed over this. <laughs> well, it was uh, probably good for her that she, that no one saw the movie. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, meanwhile, Redger Hauer made about eight more movies of this quality right after this, um, unfortunately. Uh, we're going to have to, there's a weird dystopian, like, post-apocalyptic football movie that he has that I keep talking oh, about doing on okay. here. Yeah. <laughs> where they it's it's like a, John, that's it's, a combination of words that you just said and it's I'm no it's it's like not. mad max if it was a sports movie <laughs> mm. the one thing we can bring people in this destroyed civilization is the game of football mm. yeah Jesus remember Christ. the titans yeah kind of like rudy but but yeah. with rudger Howard. yeah rudy with rudger or <laughs> <laughs> in post-apocalyptic armor uh good lord yeah that's a real movie that we that I, I'm, okay there's a put bunch him in, coach put him in i think we might be doing a rudger hauer month at some point listen um, that seems necessary apparently yeah. well the thing about it is i mean he's like he can be amazing that's what's absolutely. so strange about his career absolutely i mean like the uh, you know especially i feel like late in his career he has kind of a revival as a character actor when he's in stuff like batman begins 
Uh, and you know, and he's great in like that small part. He did a run on True Blood. Uh, you know, he he. Uh, oh God, I forgot he plays Van Helsing in a Dracula movie. Uh, that stay tuned for that over on Meet the Monsters. Um, oh, he was in the he was in a lot of Tyler Perry movies, like the Medea movies, right? <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of someone else. You listen up, <laughs> hey, you listen up, Medea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough of your antics. God, I I got so excited for a second. I, I know, I like you were gonna have to go watch those. Oh, yeah, did I have you? I gotta see Actually, these. I would watch a Medea movie uh, if Roger Howard read it. I would. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that would yeah. be a must-watch. Uh, over <laughs> actually, the same year he does this, he's also in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, which he's good. Oh, okay. He's the bad guy in that. He's very good in that. Oh God, for surviving. Yeah. It, he is. It is good. Although the teeth weren't so good. <laughs> it looked like no. Like that movie. I mean, obviously, the TV show is so much better. But the movie is at least a good building blocks for the mm-hmm. show, right? Like the ideas yeah. in it and the tone of it is very cool. Um, mm-hmm. Also, stay tuned for that over on Meet the Monsters. We're gonna do that. Well, it's not Pee Wee Herman's uh, big comeback. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's great in it too. They're they're, uh, yes. they're they're the them as the vampire is one of the best parts. Uh but of course Kim Cattrall is fine, but meanwhile the woman downstairs has had her heart ripped out. Uh <laughs> actually she hasn't, because that's key to how they're gonna try to catch this thing. Because mm-hmm. he didn't get the heart. He was interrupted, I guess, by them. Cause this is gonna turn into this shoot by the way, when this turns into a shootout with this alien or monster. Is- John, this is the most insane thing that I I could not. You mean when this process. monster is wielding a shotgun? Where did it get the shotgun? They from? show no, they show it. it. They show where it got the shotgun from actually, because there is when they're doing the POV, he tears uh-huh. open the back like trunk of Rudger Howard's police uh, cruiser and right. grabs the shotgun out of it. Well, I was. I, I'm glad you cleared that up, John, because I was wondering how he passed the background check. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes, I. Yes, I would like to purchase this shotgun, please. Here that's, that's is my two forms of, the, of ID. Uh, <laughs> that's another part of the dystopian vision of this future. Yeah. Know, well, they did. Very very it's interesting because they yeah. talk about standards. Yeah. But it's not because they actually say earlier in the movie when they're talking about he has all these guns. And he goes, I understand. Why don't you carry a grenade launch? And he goes, couldn't get a permit for one. <laughs> dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> I wish he'd called everybody a dickhead, and that was just like his catchphrase in the movie. Oh, that's, that's right. Great. Dickhead. He calls Kim Cattrall a dickhead at some point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if it's his captain, it's formal. He calls him Richard Head. Yeah. So, you know, he's mm-hmm. very, mm-hmm. very well, polite. I, I got to show yes. respect. He does technically outrank me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this... This gunfight yeah. is just... Well, f- first off, Durkin enters the room and just gets n- not only shot in the chest, but thrown out a window by the force of it. When and then he he's just fine. comes back... Didn't you think he was dead? A, a, I thought, oh, shit. Yeah. on the side of his head. I was just like, how? Because... Like, first of all, he would be dead, even if he had a bulletproof vest. Yeah, right, because he goes, haven't you ever heard of bulletproof vest? I'm like, what about the out the window on the third floor of this place? Like, that would at the very least kill him. You know, the water like, broke or, his fall. Yeah. Or, <laughs> Splash. I mean, I guess. But like, 
he would at least be hospitalized at the very i mean he should well the other thing too this is classic movie bulletproof vest you still take the full impact of that he's probably got you know punctured lungs or broken ribs he'd still be yeah yeah i mean like getting shot in a kevlar vest still sucks it just doesn't kill you that's the that's it but you're still like down for the count Uh, not injury proof vest no (laughs) god no uh and uh, he goes out the window. And then, yeah, Rudger Hauer is shooting it out with this monster. And every time, <laughs> they're still hiding the monster's face. But every time we see the monster hands pumping the shotgun and firing it, it's so it's silly. <laughs> I just, what the hell is going And then this is the first time we see it just Kool-Aid man out the side of a wall. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah! Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not sure what the monster's so upset about. You know, I don't know what the monsters. The well, the, here's a problem with making a serial killer movie that's ultimately just about a satanic monster is you get one of the one of the appeals of the serial killer movie is trying to understand the complex villain that is the serial killer. In this movie, yeah. there is nothing to understand because it's just it's just evil. It's just a mindless force of evil. I yeah. think you just nailed it right there. If we were to sum up. The movie, nothing to understand. No, because at the end you just go like, oh, never mind. It's just, well, and even the movie is like, well, maybe it is Satan himself even. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, we apologize to our audience uh, for the spoilers. Yes, yeah, so. spoilers. <laughs> even the movie can't decide if it's Satan. It might be. Yeah. Maybe not. It could though. be. You know, it wasn't clear. <laughs> we, we, we make the movie, you decide. <laughs> Choose your own Figure ending. it out, asshole. Dickhead. <laughs> Fucking dickhead. Zip oh, up, man. dick. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, let's see. Well, another problem with this movie I was thinking about, too, is by not having a villain and just having this monster running around you lack any of the like banter or interplay or anything like that mm-hmm. there's no like you never get the the classic serial killer thing where they're on the phone or something like that you never get oh, any what of a that shame <laughs> this movie didn't have the balls to have this monster call Rutger howard well, here's the thing though I, honestly the I'm monster ashamed. the monsters can't talk from what we can see but it can write in english so it understands <laughs> in concept things, but it can't speak. Well, the reason he didn't call him, he didn't have a card to swipe in the phone. He just <laughs> didn't get one. God damn it. I'm out of minutes. Uh... <laughs> he didn't uh, have any money. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's what it is. The monster's just, he's broke. Oh, this yeah. monster out peddling, going like, any change, please. He's uh, busking. Yeah. No sob story, just need money. <laughs> Wounded veteran need help. Here. Yeah, uh, just need enough money for bus ticket. Yeah, uh. <laughs> we'll we'll rip your heart out uh. for change. Uh, yeah, so they they so bad. Uh, we get the black and white flashback to his partner being killed and when he got clawed because they have him take his shirt off in the hospital and he's got this huge claw mark starting on his chest and going all the way down his arm yeah and then yeah is it it also revealed that uh kim cattrall did get in fact bit yes she says something in the maelstrom of this fight (laughs) she just quickly goes hey something bit me oh i do (laughs) i do like when they're rolling also this is another thing when they're rolling out the uh 
the body of the murder victim. It's not in a body bag. There's just a sheet up to its neck. So the, that would not be the case. So people are just nope. gawking at this murder victim's body. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad police work. It is. It certainly is. In a is. movie filled with bad police work. <laughs> uh, I kind of started rooting for the monster at the end, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. Uh, they talk about they found... Well, the craziest thing, the only fingerprints we found were your dead partners. And this is where they talk about, oh, yeah, it carries the DNA of its victims. I mean, there is a difference between DNA and it having your <laughs> The fingerprints of the gun? Well, because the, the, the thing they don't do that the thing does, right, is it carries the DNA, but it can also turn into them. Wouldn't that have been cool right. if he actually sees his dead partner and it's the monster? Because that would be a way the monster could communicate as well, as if it could actually yeah. transform into the victims. But I'm, once again, pitching a better movie. Um that's pitching the thing. Yeah, yeah. Go watch the thing. Also, a box office bomb of 1982 that is now a beloved classic. That movie Absolutely. tanked hard, and yeah. it is brilliant. Um, yeah. We're just talking about movies I have posters of in my apartment, by the way. There's a Blade Runner and a, well, a there's thing. There's a new podcast there. called John's Posters. Yeah, I, there I should it. be. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they talk about, uh, he goes, I emptied a clip into that thing. By the way, emptied a clip? From his revolver? Hmm, interesting. <laughs> See, John, it's the distant future. The terminology's a little different. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, this is where they go. Uh, uh, we're going to need... Oh, no, sorry. We're not going to need bigger guns just yet because actually they go, wait, he didn't get the hard out of list victim, which means he's going to be going to the morgue where we know where he's going next. Mm. Yes. And so they go... they go to this very creepy morgue they go to this very creepy uh, morgue you gotta love durkin putting his gun on this nerdy little attendant guy uh, don't shoot by the way listen we as we often do we found the part that you or i would be cast as honestly i thought this guy did a pretty good job <laughs> oh, having a gun pointed oh no 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 don't shoot me yeah. i'm eating a sandwich yeah uh, <laughs> uh but of course the ceiling tiles start moving and they're like I like they're like that that styrofoam sort of like cheap like how is it walking on the ceiling if it's like <laughs> if it's so that, thin yeah exactly and this thing if it's this tall it must weigh a lot too like I don't understand yeah. uh, but it explodes down from that they're shooting this thing all to hell yeah just, they're basically just shooting up the morgue everything's exploding and uh, it of course busts out the wall and gets away. So, so Dick has lost his mind. Yes. From this point on, he, Dick has gone insane. He becomes as, if not more unhinged than Rutger Hauer. Rutger Hauer is actually trying to calm him down from this point on. Yes. Doesn't he yes. get the, the Scorpio thing carved on his chest? Yes. He gets, the, he gets the Scorpio, lo, the thing, the alien carves it into Dick Durkin's chest. Because they do like at yes. one point he goes, wait a minute, I'm bleeding. And he opens up his shirt, and they find the Scorpio design carved into him. He was unaware this happened to him, apparently. I, how would you not notice that? <laughs> it's also, only... I, noticed the, I noticed the design had a trademark symbol on it. <laughs> oh, T okay. TM. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, and this is where he starts going, we need bigger guns. We need bigger fucking guns! <laughs> and they go to the armory, and the guy is showing him, well, we got this 
assault rifle. No, bigger. Bigger. And they land on one of the most insane guns we've seen in any of the movies we've done, Lisman, which is this Gatlin shotgun. It's like it's got multiple turning barrels and it's an automatic shotgun. That shoots 250 rounds per minute. Which is insane. There are automatic shotguns that do exist, but they're not like this, and they would not shoot that fast. Well, and also, here's my question. Where do all the shells come from? Like, where are all the bullets they, stored in this thing? Yeah, that's well, that's that's one of the big problems with it, right? It's like, because if you see an yeah. actual automatic shotgun, it's got a big drum of them, basically. And even yeah. still, it doesn't yes. fire like this. Uh, it, cause it's basically what the automatic shotgun does is it just, instead of pumping, it just brings the next, like an automatic right. handgun too. Uh, but here they're, they're, it's, it's a, it's a Gatlin type turning, you know, revolving yes. barrel that is firing, yes. boom, 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 which I don't quite understand how that would work. Cause that would need something like a chain, right? Like a, a yes. belt fed weapon to do that. He has a crank on the side yeah, of I know, it. Right. Instead there appears to be. I looked at the thing. There appears to be like a magazine of them. But then at that point, I'm okay. going, well, why do you need the turning barrel then? Great question. It's all it's all design, and it's completely insane because when they let loose with these things, it's actually like causing explosions. Yes. Which, yeah, it's which, not which, just a shotgun blast. But th- that implies that there's something in the shells then, not just the turning of it. Because like they're lighting, yeah. these are like incendiary rounds or something like that. It's insane when they let that loose with this thing. Like. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is so dumb. <laughs> but they're but once again, problematic divorced dads that are the target audience for these movies are going fuck yeah. I've never uh, seen one of those in one of my movies before. Where do I get one of these? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Me me and Roscoe can take it out to the forest and go target shooting. <laughs> As I imagine the people who are watching these movies are also the people who are just going out in the woods and shooting like old refrigerators and stuff. Um Well we watched it, so yeah, I, I don't know. know. Yeah. So I'm yeah, gonna take my yeah. three fifty seven out to the woods and uh no. Uh yeah, so they uh <laughs> the their big thing that they hit on here is by God, by looking at the the Scorpio and whatnot, and the Chinese count. I mean, at this point, we're just we've got satanic, like Judeo-Christian lore and Chinese no. New Year, and I mean, like it's because they go. They're finding their you what? know their moon sign. They're rising. Yeah. The you fifth know, of the because they're... T- they're going like the twenty fifth year of the. <gasps> it's the year of the rat. <laughs> Well, also in the beginning, it was forty days of rain flooded London. Forty yeah, days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah, they're wow. just it's just it's once yeah, it, it is the no thought. It's all just like we're just gonna throw in things. Year of animals is a thing we know. Forty days of rain is a thing we know. Satanic, you know, uh, signs. Astrology comes into this. Uh, and of course he's right about all of it. Uh, mm. and so, and they talk about, it's the year of the rat and the monster is planning to join with Satan. This is where I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now we're saying Satan in the movie. Uh, cause it's late in the game when we're actually very, throwing it's Satan. It's a very around. late Satan drop. Yeah. Know. Uh, cause they're talking about, uh, oh, I do like this one liner from him where they go like, uh, the captain of course has to show up to be like, what are you two doing? with those weapons and such like that 
It's like, how do you know this beast even exists? And Rudyard Howard goes, we had lunch with him. (laughs) (laughs) I like that that works, too. The police captain's like, not happy about it, but he does let them go. All right, fine. Take those insane next-level military weapons out into my city. Had lunch with him, huh? Was it takeout or dine in? <laughs> it was definitely takeout because yeah. they took out the heart. Well, this is, also, ah. this is also where the guys, uh, where Derek is talking about, because he's not just taking the hearts of his victims, he's taking their souls. So now they're implying that souls exist. Interesting. And, yeah, okay. and, yeah. Right. It's all. It's. The, I don't know. I don't know what Durkin is reading. That is piecing together this hodgepodge of mythology <laughs> that ends up being totally know. right. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly yeah. what's happening. Uh, Turns and out he's reading Starlog magazine. That's where he's getting it all. <laughs> Have you ever seen The Omen? <laughs> <laughs> Little kid. I found these QAnon boards. Very interesting. <laughs> mm. Did you know JFK Jr.'s not really dead? Uh... <laughs> Wild, Apparently wild the stuff. world is flat. I yeah. just learned. I just learned. Yeah, he, he just fell into like a discussion board of crazy conspiracy <laughs> yeah. theorists. Did you yeah. know that Rosebud's a sled? Yeah. Oh my gosh. What a disappointment. <laughs> now I don't even have to watch the movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so I like that they, they, they do this big thing where they gear up their guns and then it's like, all right. We'll get a good night's sleep and we'll go hunting tomorrow. What? <laughs> Why? Yeah, just, uh, have some chocolate. Have some chocolates off the fridge and get some shut eye. There is Dick a has. scene later when they're hunting the monster that he does give him a piece of chocolate to fuel up, which I found <laughs> hilarious. He's like, "Oh shit, we're really in it now." He pulls out a chocolate and pops in his mouth. All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb this movie oh boy uh the particularly down the street i mean the movie was always pretty dumb but the third act of this thing that we're in now is it's crazy very stupid and insane um because yeah. yeah when he comes home oh no no yes when he comes home he goes i ah, better uh see what's in the old fridge here oh god it's another heart <laughs> now you would think that's evidence or whatever instead he goes i'm really getting sick of these finding these and he just chucks the heart out the window of his apartment and the plate that it was on too. yes and the, well i do funny. love it when he was on a plate which once again implies what he brought this heart the monster and he goes oh, it doesn't look very good just on its own let me grab one of his plates here here we go place that do we have any garnish can i put a can i put a little sprig on here as well well presentation is important uh uh, gordon ramsay tastes like tastes like chicken yeah Mm. uh Mm. i just love that he's once again redger Hauer is just like "Ah, heart in my fridge god damn it like he's just there mildly annoyed Eh, another heart whatever don't even need to call that shit in um, none of the Left other the cops north. will show up in, at, if, for the rest of the movie, by the way. Forget yeah. the Captain Postlewaite. They play into the plot in no way. Because, saving, because again, saving the people who are being killed does not matter in this film. That's yeah. never a motivating factor for any of the characters. But the person who was upset about finding this heart is Kim Cattrall, who's in the bath with her clothes on, aggressively scrubbing her hands because she touched mm. the heart. Right, she's having her uh, Lady Macbeth moment. <laughs> oh, 
Well, the monster did leave a note saying, do not eat, you know, yeah. mine. Yeah. It's like it the, did uh, put its name the on The monster. There. Yeah. Yeah. I do love the idea of it signing things, the monster. The monster. <laughs> Saving for later. Yeah. Mine, do yeah. not eat, the, the monster. monster. God damn it, monster. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah, and so we get this tender scene where he's, what? which hand did you touch it with? Is it this one? And he gently... And at this point, I'm going, does this score sound like Knights in White Satin? It was, because... It, then it becomes that... Knights in White Satin. I couldn't believe what? it. It, it, played, it actually played Knights in White Satin earlier, earlier in the movie yeah. when, when they were in a bar. It Knights was just playing the White song. Satin. But then the score turns into it, which is crazy. Yeah, that was the thing, though. And I'm just going like, oh, my God, this is like their love theme for these characters is Knights in White Satin. Yeah. Number one, very... we're not used to listen. We're not used to these movies being able to afford recognizable music. So <laughs> I know pretty rare. Yeah. We get, we mostly get generic sound alikes, which is why I assumed when I heard the music earlier, I'm going like, well, this won't actually be Knights in White Satin. It'll be something that is remnant. No, no, it is. They actually afforded that. No, Knights in White really... Satin. They they also used Yakety Sax, but that that scene got <laughs> cut. Unfortunately, yeah. But, uh, That's when just he, Rudger Hauer and the alien are going in and out of doors and like a hallway after each other. <laughs> I'm gonna get you, you monster. Uh, it made more sense than the yeah. actual uh, climax of this film. But... <laughs> they run into each other in the hall, you know, like yeah. And this is where, yeah, this is where they, yeah, they're just they're just laying on the couch like a cute couple that they are. Yeah. Uh, mm. What is it? The, Very sweet. But uh, but then she goes, wait, I think there's something out there. And he looks and sees. He goes, hmm, Durkin was supposed to be outside, but his car is gone. This might be trouble. He says, whatever you do, just stay on that couch. And here, take my huge gun. Yeah. My huge plastic paintball gun. Um, <laughs> uh, but in a very Freddy Krueger-esque manner... We have the monster somehow has gotten under the couch so that it can put its claws up through the leather of the couch yeah. at Kim Cattrall. And this is uh, it, this is where it was carved into his chest, right? The is this is, it? is that right? Oh, maybe this or, is, or did it? No, yeah, you're right. Sorry, it wasn't earlier. It's here because this is where they'll use it to look at it as because he's gonna pull him out of the trunk of his police car. Duh. You may be, right. and you then, may be and, wondering why it didn't kill him. Right. And that's a great question. We mm -hmm. don't know. But mm -hmm. it did carve a, a, a clue into his chest and leave him alive. Right. So, so yeah. it, it car and, and they go, wait a minute. It's not, it's not just a Scorpio symbol. It's a map. Right. <laughs> and this takes us to the guy who gets the and credit in this movie uh and michael j pollard as the rat catcher Ugh. didn't you expect this a... guy to be a, a bigger deal in the movie when already the credits is going the rat catcher i mean i wasn't exactly. expecting them to unceremoniously kill him off camera for, for sure. and for them for them to be like this one short scene with him now michael j yeah. pollard very good character actor very good in many mm -hmm. many things i mean this guy goes back to bonnie and clyde uh, he's great in Scrooged. Uh, just, I mean, a, a litany of stuff. And this is the guy who goes back to one of the weirder episodes of the original Star Trek that he's in, which is an episode called Miri. 
if people are familiar enough with that, with the, the, the planet where all the adults died from a disease, and so there's only kids left, and they're living their own weird kid-run society. Um, mm. Very strange episode. Uh, but, of course, they're all kids played by Michael J. Pollard and Kim Darby are the two main ones. You're going like, so they're like 20 you know but uh yeah that's the thing and they're the yeah so it's a uh it's a it, it's an interesting episode of star trek i'll say he's, uh, he's very lord of the flies michael powers one of my favorites is in roxanne yes character he plays in roxanne wonderful in roxanne i mean just one of those guys so uh and, and i would just say a total waste of his time in this movie he had nothing to do because <laughs> they go to him and they're like he's the guy who can get us into the sewers because he's the rat catcher but you're going like okay they didn't the, the thing about the rats in this world like it comes and goes from scene to scene depending on what they want to do like the idea yeah. that the place is overrun by rats is kind of interesting but like do something with that once again they're all just sort of like the whole world is made up of these ideas that are just never fleshed out well because i was wondering if this would be important because i specifically m mentioned the year of the rat you know so it's like oh i see so that has to be it doesn't come into some it, sort of but it, it doesn't but though. they act like oh of course the year of the rat hmm? i don't know okay. i actually don't know what he's trying to do at the end of this movie can either one of you tell me what the monster is ultimately trying to do because i i can't you know, i can't because when he's they trying to get out of the movie <laughs> Please he's free just, me from he's this just on torture. the phone with his agent going, you got to get me out of this thing. Come <laughs> on, there. The monster's on the phone. <laughs> just he's over but in the corner. But he can't talk, so he's writing the, his agent a note. <laughs> Signed the monster. He's still he's still hoping for that callback for Alien 3. Um, yeah. Come <laughs> on. Uh, oh, they put pasta weight in it, but not me? Um yeah, so they, they go to the rat catcher. Who I like, he goes like, sure, you're going to go in this tunnel, open this door. And then he the rat catcher just goes, that's as far as I can take you. Bye. I just thought, that's it? <laughs> they make a big... How come he can't take us further? Once well, again, it says right here in the script. Yeah, can't. This, this is as far oh, as yeah. I go. That's my line, so... I'm uh, filming something else, so yeah. uh, well, just once again though, like they, I mean, the whole the whole beginning, the, the credits is just like, and Michael J. Pollard as the Rat Catcher. The rat. You're like, ooh, that's yeah. gonna be because I know the actor, and he has a title kind of character. Nah, mm -hmm. nah, nope. I don't even know what his deal is. He's just a guy who knows how the sewers work. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They tried some like environmental storytelling with having a bunch of rats dangling everywhere, but that's as that's as far as they go. Well, they I think go. maybe part of the problem is they can only afford one rat puppet. So <laughs> that's true. oh, that rat yeah. puppet. I can't stress enough, people, how bad that rat puppet was. Uh, and yeah, really big, huge rat. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so this is where they're going through the tunnels. They've got their gigantic Gatlin shotguns, and this mm -hmm. is where Durkin is like. I've just realized it's quite possible this thing is not working with Satan, but rather is Satan. I don't know where he gets the the apropos of yeah nothing. the yeah. the what what his uh, reasoning for that is, but it does yeah. lead to Rudger Howard dropping this line: "Well, Satan is in deep shit." 
<laughs> An ex a truly excellent entry into the uh, one-liners for the action show, know, honestly. Right? Satan is in deep shit. Uh, I, I we laughed out loud. But yeah, then, <laughs> I did then when they open this door, yeah, the rat catcher and the other guy with him, they're just bloody dead bodies fall out. But the rat catcher, well, did, the rat there, catcher no, didn't go no. any further, yet somehow nope. now got there in the amount of time, and the the monsters killed him. So the idea, I think the idea is that the monster killed him, placed him on the other side of this door, yeah, just to mess with him, I guess. I guess, but I once again, because the rat catcher was introduced so quickly and out of there so quickly, does Rudger Hauer have a relationship to care that this nope. guy's dead? No, they're even just no. like, oh, I guess they're dead anyway. Back to this. Well. Because he's got Kim Cattrall tied up, she's hanging the from the ceiling. Does. The monster yeah. does. In a, in a, in a, and it's like, no, wait, don't enter it. It's a circle of light. You can't cross it. <laughs> I don't know where they're now. They're just bringing in any bullshit here now. Like that's this, not explained at all. But, but uh, if we get up on this old subway car, she can swing can. towards us out of the light, and we can pull her in. Yes. Apparently that works. But uh-oh, we get monster POV swimming under the water at Rudger Hauer. Do very, do. very, yeah, do do. very Jaws-esque. Like, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's terrible. Go watch Jaws. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> There's another movie that you could watch. Honestly, I'd even fucking say most of the Jaws sequels are probably better than this. And they're terrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we gotta. Do, we yeah. probably should do Jaws four at some point on this show. I mean, or Jaws three D. Jaws three D is pretty bad too. It's for, I I don't know. Well, I don't think it gets worse than the fourth one. No, uh, a, a three is pretty dumb, but so. four really yeah. is the bottom of the barrel. Uh, yeah, with the great Michael Caine though. Uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. I'm gonna hunt a shark. Uh, the saws of a tangerine. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is where we get the first real look at the monster when it leaps up at the camera out of the water and tries to grab Kim Cattrall. Yeah, I did have to pause it. I just wanted to soak in like every detail of what this. Yeah, like I said, look that it's got. It's got a visor built into its face. Yeah, this because uh, it, it it is kind of like we were talking about. It is kind of xenomorphy from Aliens. But, yeah. and it's and it's played similar to Alien in that they really hold off the reveal of this thing. But in Alien, when you finally see the alien, it's a awesome, amazing moment because you see it so quick. Uh, and it's actually mm -hmm. shot in kind of a similar way when it comes at Harry Dean Stanton in that movie. Yeah. Uh, this does not deliver. <laughs> Are you telling me that the creature design in this movie is not at the same level as H.R. Geiger's design for the Xenomorph. Is that what you're telling me? Oh, man. I mean, it's a tough call there, Lissman. But I'd have to say maybe yeah, Geiger okay. just barely edges this thing out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a close call. But... Just very close. Barely, very close yeah. Call. Very, very close. Oh, my God. Uh, it leaps up. Then we get this chase on top of the subway train car. Mm -hmm. And then you get what is, I guess, supposed to be the creepy... Once again, like Ripley confronts the alien moment where Rudger's walking around and it's all silent, and the hand of the thing just comes on his head. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. 
I was shaking, you guys. I was so chilled to the bone by this. <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. At, at, at this point in the movie, I'm just like, yeah. okay, we, we get it. Just, I'm well, guessing this movie didn't have a, an official premiere with, with the cast showing up. Yeah, I wanted to That'd see, like, guess. or did they do any kind of promotion? Like, did they do a press junket? Was Red Gear City in front of the poster somewhere talking to journalists? No, I don't. I couldn't find anything like that. Uh, this thing came and went like nobody's business. All right. Yeah. On it goes to the bargain shelf. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so then uh, Durkin shoots the monster. And then drops. Oh yeah, they also have these super grenades. Yeah, uh, the the Megatron flash grenades. <laughs> the Megatron flash grenade. Yes. <laughs> I like how they they, yeah. they they throw it, and then a few seconds pass, and then they start counting. Yes. Well, also <laughs> the lame thing of he throws it, and then uh, Rudger dives out the window of this train. But then it blows up like 10 seconds after that. Wouldn't the cooler I thing know. to be him diving out as it exploded? John, that would have required a, a much higher budget to put somebody in risk of being blown There's just up. something so funny about, that's going to blow out the window and then on the ground and then turning then around. Then it's <laughs> And then it blows up. Like, it just... Do we, is it six or is it five? Do we stop on five or is it six? I don't remember. One, seems like it should have blown up by now. It seemed like three, it had like a 30-second fuse on it. Uh, four, like I'm going like, obviously, obviously the monster has escaped by now. Because four and three quarters. Three quarters. <laughs> and then Rudger goes, wait a minute. I've got the idea to finish him. I'm going to grab this live wire. And, and as he says, I'm going to fry the bastard. But it takes... So long for him to get the like. But why does he think it would even be? What's the monster doing in the in the train? <laughs> What's where I'm going? Out Number one, you had die. the yeah, you had the extremely long fuse on the grenade. Then it takes forever for Rudger to get enough slack on this cable to get into the car. Obviously, the thing has escaped, right? Like I don't even. Well, I like <laughs> the callback to the fuse. It's very Roadrunner because they lit it down the street and they filmed the fuse burning. You know, you know. <laughs> 20 no that didn't happen but then they dropped, that would have been better actually then they dropped an I, I anvil on the movie. on the thing too yeah after that that's all they, uh, <laughs> yeah and but we're about to get to the just the most amazing part <laughs> and i heard about this before before i saw this movie oh. they turn on the by the way this appears to do nothing once they light up the the fuse right or the 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 wire it doesn't it doesn't do anything yeah because then they all get out of the, climb out of the water. Right. And and, and Rudger's like hanging on. He's like Gene Hackman in the Poseidon Adventure hanging above yeah. the water uh, uh, on, on the thing as, as, as they light this up. And they're like, OK, I think that's enough. We probably killed it. No, it's totally fine. And it grabs Rudger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it grabs him. Uh, and this is where you get the close up of the dripping teeth. Right. That's that's like yeah. oh come on we're full on ripping off Alien at this point one hundred percent yeah but uh oh apparently somewhere during that fight or whatever his chest cavity has opened up the monster somehow yeah because Rudger's gonna reach in and oh isn't it so appropriate tears out the still beating heart of the monster ah uh, and he puts it on ice in a steel case <laughs> and ships it to the police station yeah. Done and done. No, and so, yeah, uh, then uh, as the monster's body falls back without a heart, uh, Durkin and Kim Cattrall just unload on the body of the thing and blow it to pieces, 
with those Gatlin yeah. shotguns. <laughs> the heart's still beating in Redger's hand, and he pulls out his handgun, cocks it, and puts it point blank on this. As soon as he did that, I'm like, how many fingers do you think he would have actually shot off? Because we've established the, the incredibly high caliber of this gun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And says, boy, what a missed opportunity for a one-liner here, Lisman. He says, I know. Sweet dreams. I don't even follow the logic of that. <laughs> and then shoots it, of course, and it explodes. Uh um, should have been some sort of heart pun, like honestly. Yeah, I know. I know. Right? I was I was trying to I was trying to come up with one. Uh uh something about I tell you, kid, you got a lot of heart. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to break your heart. Uh <laughs> you know, uh yeah, something it looks like getting... you weren't heartless after all. Yeah, there you it, anything that has to do with that. Yeah. I won't be your Valentine, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> pump, pump this. I mean, even yeah. eat this, yeah. right? Because he's eating hearts would have worked. Oh totally yeah, clips, that's true. Totally clips of the heart. Totally. Oh, that's good. <laughs> See, it ties into the. It's always night, you know. Yeah. Then yeah. they can. Then they could have played that over the end credits. Uh. By the way, did you know that song is apropos of nothing? That song, "Total Clips of Heart," comes from my German musical about vampires. Didn't know that. No, that. It makes sense, actually, as you say that. It does. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they shoot the thing. And then, I don't quite understand. They run out of this tunnel, and the camera pans down to the water where it starts bubbling, implying that, that something's still alive. Still alive sequel I don't know. Ish. John, I don't know. It's they were a... definitely setting up for a sequel yeah. for no reason. Boy, though, when we get this wide shot of them, where'd they get this speedboat, by the way? Who cares? <laughs> They're just Honestly, cruising down point. the water in the speedboat. And they're well, they, still they stole like... it from the set of uh, Face Off. You know, uh... <laughs> they're going, and we get this whole fake funny voiceover. Funny in quotes. So funny. Um, so funny. Of, God, uh, of Durkin talking about, well, Detective Dick Durkin and his psychic partner, Harley Stone, did it again. And the last line is he goes, hey, Durkin, shut up. <laughs> Roll credits. Roll credits. Boy. Would have been better if they'd gotten a tr Truman Capote sound alike to do the voiceover. That would have been oh, great. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there we were. Uh... <laughs> It was an alien. It, it was one of those movies where the funny parts weren't funny and the the not funny parts were hilarious. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's yes. the and we get there's another song here too. Uh, uh, yeah. So I don't I don't know, man. Uh, this movie's terrible. Oh, sorry. Yep. Yeah, we get that old black magic by Cab Calloway is what we get at the oh, end here, which is such a weird. The old black magic's got yeah right. A really we it's such a weird like take for the end of this movie for the end of this movie in yeah. particular it's yeah. very strange i understand the black magic connection but that therein is the end totally. of why oh it's yeah. it's totally a mess speaking, it, it's the, yeah. it's a song you'd play at the end of a romantic comedy or something it's not yes the tone of this yeah all this and we're joking around i'm going like wait was this the tone of the movie <laughs> i don't remember this being we're, we're like goofing and stuff now yeah, it would make more yeah. sense if they got like Barracuda from from the band Heart. There See, you that go. Would, that would, yeah. Ooh, ooh Barracuda. Maybe they wanted too much for the rights. I don't know. 
like that. Well, they already movie. spent most of their music budget on Knights in White Satin, let's be honest. So, That's uh, true. Music budget. Film budget. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, most of that $7 million went to just clearing the Moody Blues song. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Well, that's split second. Uh, All right. Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, yeah. Not, not, a, not a. Well, actually, though, by action shelf standards, on the upper end of quality. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot happened. Yeah. Uh, it didn't drag. It just kind of. That's yeah. It wasn't boring. It sprinted. It sprinted forward. Uh, and the worst thing, as we've talked barreling about, through the worst yeah, thing these yeah. movies can be is boring. And this was not boring. That's for sure. It was. It was, it was utter nonsense. Insane. Such yeah. a strange blend because it does have production value. It's just, but the the script needed about twelve more rewrites. Yeah, the, uh, the script is really the problem here. Uh, yes, because you've got a yes. good cast. You've got some money, obviously, behind it, and. Mm. But yeah, they have no script, and we've always talked about that. That's you know, that's that's an old adage in Hollywood for a reason. That if you don't have that script, it does. It literally that's, doesn't matter what else you've got. That's the real killer, honestly. It always honestly. is, man. That is <laughs> yeah. get that. And the thing that always weirds me out about that is the script is the cheapest thing you can work on. That's true. <laughs> you can it's always yes. rewrite the script. Screenwriters are so screwed. Yeah, but you can't like you can't like put money around like making a script good you know what right. i mean like it is just what it is right you know? right um well and, and, and this it, is a situation where they clearly took a script and made it yeah. increasingly worse with each draft like i don't right. i don't know how much writer gary scott thompson how much is left of his original script which was just oh, about yeah, a satanic yeah. serial killer <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I, I would I would much rather watch that movie, whatever the original version of Pentagram was, that maybe would have starred Harrison Ford had it been like an actual like studio thriller uh, that I'm sure yeah. would have been better. Uh, anyway, uh, is there a kill of the movie here, Lisman? Um, there aren't really like any exciting. I mean, there's the all the heart ripping happens off screen. Yeah, I mean, there's Rudger tearing I mean, out I guess the aliens. Killing, uh, yeah, I guess it would be yeah, tearing out the heart. Yeah, of the monster, I guess, and that's then that's kind of all that's hell. up. Although, was that a kill? I don't know. You know? Yeah, I love I love the like, maybe it's still, but you're going like that doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make he any blew sense. up the I heart. Think... They blew up the body. Like, what's what's left? There's yeah, another I think, one. I think the kill the kill of the movie was the studio going out of business. Because... <laughs> you don't you don't come back yes. from split second. Uh this did have some canon-y vibes to it, Lisman, I think. It's not it a did. canon film, but yeah. it did it did feel a little canon esque to me. It did. It did. Very, very canon esque. Yeah. yeah. Um we might be talking about a canon movie next week though. Um but uh yeah i don't so i guess it, by default it's that but i'm not even gonna put that down i think we can just skip kill of the movie for this week uh, right exactly but yeah, we do have ample time. choices for best one-liner in this thing okay yes. uh first off at the beginning of the movie when the security dog is barking at rudger howard he says police dickhead uh then later also to the dog uh when he's talking <laughs> To seemingly talking to the bar owner, but he then looks at the dog and says, I was talking to your secretary. <laughs> uh, by the way, well, I he, also goes, he also goes, you saw him, didn't you? You saw him. I know you saw him to the dog. Answer, <laughs> like the answer dog my questions. Yeah. 
You better start talking, dog. He's right over there, right yeah. here. I just, yeah. You got me. It was a Scooby voice. I that did it. So uh, he confessed. <laughs> I'll the dog. Yeah. Uh, the dog I wanted a scene back. in the interrogation room with the hot light and stuff, and the dog gets pretty hot under these lights, doesn't it, dog? Um, uh,. This is a rare example. This one, where every single one-liner is said by Rudger Hauer. Uh, yes. That's usually we get like a bad guy. We don't have a bad guy, but uh, uh, so yeah. So when they're in the in the men's room and he says, "Zip up, dick." Yeah. I think that's it. That's the uh, one. <laughs> when they said, "How do you know this thing is a monster?" Uh, Rudger Hauer says, "We just had lunch with him." Uh, I think I think the other potential nominee is this one. Which is when Durkin suggests that it is actually is Satan. Rudyard Howard says, Satan is in deep shit. <laughs> and then, of course, before shooting the heart, the very lame, sweet dreams. So what yeah. do we think? I think it's between Zip Up Dick and Satan is in deep shit. I, I agree, yeah. Because that's uh, Satan is in deep shit is what I was going to uh, pitch as the, the one-liner. The winner, film. yeah. But I do, li I do like Zip Up Dick. Uh, even if it was completely unnecessary <laughs> and they made a scene just so he could make that joke. Yeah, they, there's no uh, reason they should be peeing next to each other and the, only so he can say that. I love the idea. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe it deserves to go to that, Lisman, because they actually built an entire scene for a one-liner. <laughs> like, that's going so far out of their way to include it, this, like, B-minus one-liner, really. But uh, they, they some deep shit feels more like a a uh one you know like an action shelf one-liner yeah but i i think that zip up dick is a little bit funnier yeah um, just in concept i i agree uh, so i think we're gonna have to give it to zip up dick uh yeah <laughs> i agree uh fair enough all right well as you guys know it is always my mission on this show to find the strangest imdb reviews for this movie and oh. uh boy they did not uh disappoint uh again uh here uh on this one uh <laughs> here we have uh uh this comes to us from of course uh, uh always gonna listen to this guy imdb user spanky boz uh <laughs> and uh uh the the review is titled split second all it takes to like this film this is one of those films you see on ITV at 2.20 a.m. Thursday morning. Obviously in England, because he's mentioned Correct. ITV. Uh, it's consigned to forever be overlooked, stepped on, and pushed away. But it's also a B-movie of extraordinary magnitude. A mix of horror, action, breasts, uh, Kim Cattrall's, not Rudger Hauer's, and witty one-liners. It never seeks to be better than it is, and in doing so is all the better for it. With a name like Dick Durkin in the credits, you know you're in for a treat. True, the ending crumbles somewhat, kind of like Monty Python on the Holy Grail, I thought. But the rest <laughs> of the film is low-budget gold. The use of London is great. Is it? Uh, and the supporting characters such as Cottrell and Pete Postaweth lend some gravitas to the movie also. It's a fun way to spend a few hours if you don't have the company of a good woman. Any, oh film, <laughs> any film where a police officer can call a guard dog a dickhead has to be worth <laughs> its weight in platinum. Remember, That's if you're going to watch it, be sure to get some bigger fucking guns. That was the screenwriter. 
Yeah, the, seriously. Uh, a fun way to spend a few hours if you don't have the company of a good woman was what ultimately decided on this one over any of the other reviews to me. There's, yeah, I so many good parts to this review. Um, so many great parts. I love that he he because it's a he it has uh, to be. clarified yeah. that uh he's talking about kim cattrall's breasts as opposed to rudger howard yeah thanks an important thank you so much i was actually first. if i if i believe correct you do see both though uh because you rudger gets That's his shirt true. off in this thing too there's topless scenes from each of them so yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the working title was Moobs. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. Yeah, Moobs. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 oh man. Uh, yeah. No, that was that guy. Ah, uh, he really, he really enjoyed this thing, and I do agree. If it's two thirty in the morning and it's on cable, I guess that's about where it belongs. Uh, I, I also love the weird call out for Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That is. <laughs> so weird what a weird call out yeah That's well he's the british Indian crumbles yeah i mean i thought it just brilliant but it, I, it I, is brilliant but because I, it just ends i think that's kind of his point i think he still thinks the monty python ending is 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 good in the context of that but that this movie is like that ending is what i kind of take that to be right like where that's a joke thought, obviously I, I took it uh, that he just didn't understand the the joke at the end of Monty Python. Oh, I kind of like I that too. Like, Where's the like, rest of the movie? Go? Hey, come on, guys! You can't end a movie like that. Come on, Python. Do they find the Holy Grail or not? Yeah. So many right. unanswered questions. Um, so so on, on on Amazon on Amazon, this movie has four and a half stars by the reviews. Four four yeah. And, an average score of four point four out of five. And, and nice. a lot of reviews too. Well, Jerry, we're about to read one of those reviews because, yes, our old friend Bruce Winning from Amazon.com did watch this movie. All right. Uh, and this I is a very, he very right. recently watched this movie. So this is a fairly oh, wow. new review for him because you know he's broadening his horizons, Lisman, in terms of genres. Hot take. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so here, here comes to us for another segment of The Winning Opinion. Opinion. Yeah, here we go. Bruce Winning of Amazon.com. Uh, the title of his review is, I heard that horror was scary, but this is unusual science fiction. I like 16.9. I used to reject horror. I used to reject science fiction. This one is both, and it is a good thing that I broadened my mind to accept more than just action and violence. This does have the action and violence that I like. This one has the exploding and shooting that I like. Mm. Apparently, there are thousands of movies that I'm willing to watch and will subsequently enjoy. I like the punching and kicking. This one was picked out of the what Prime thinks I would like. Apparently, Prime knows me quite well. Ha! <laughs> five out of five stars. And yes, it does actually Prime. end. It does actually end with a ha. <laughs> Prime, will you marry me? Will you make me the happiest man? This is my favorite thing about Bruce Winning, of course, and we've mentioned this before, but just is that he just he just watches whatever is recommended to him by Amazon. He really yeah. follows that algorithm. Uh, Maybe you should have him, you should have him on sometime. <laughs> we I'm always talked about. I don't know that we could that. ever uh, we could ever actually meet Bruce Winning. I think the, the I don't know if I want to. We'd have we're, to. We'd have to. I think we'd have to end the bit, Lisman, if he ever became a real person to us. I think uh, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's better. We to also would have to like change our IP addresses yeah. so he can't track us down. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Sorry, Bruce. Sorry uh, about that. Man. Bruce Winning, very yeah. interesting. So five out of five stars. He gave split second though. 
right. so he added to that uh, that list there. Uh, well, we didn't think this was that great, so we are going to now use our handy-dandy patented uh, action movie title generator to try to come mm. up with a better vehicle for okay. Rudger Hauer. Here uh, we go. Uh, so here it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the randomizer now, and we're gonna get all right. The movie is called Battle of Overkill. Hey. <laughs> Battle it, of Overkill. It feels like we've done Battle of Overkill, but it's impossible to say. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I will say we do this every week, and there are only so many words in the generator. That's true. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> Battle of uh, Overkill. Uh, I, I, well, to to me, when you say the battle of something, that's usually the location of it. So I say right. this movie takes place in the futuristic Overkill City. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So it's a gang war movie. Yes. Yeah. Rudger Hauer. Mm-hmm. Well, Rudger Hauer. It, it's it's a it's it's kind of a RoboCop situation where they're the okay. police force is greatly reduced in the city, so the gangs rule. But yeah. Rudger Hauer leads a rogue band of cops still trying to enforce the law. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, because uh, this is still seems like a very science fiction kind of premise a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but yeah. less, you know, no monster and stuff, but more dystopian sci-fi. Kind of like The right. Warriors is what I'm sort I of I was picturing. just thinking that. Yeah, yeah, a little bit like yeah. The Warriors. Uh, so yeah, so Rudger Hauer and his band of uh, renegade cops uh who by the way ha- all wear <laughs> they all wear trench coats that are spray painted to look like police uniforms yeah <laughs> <laughs> love it uh are are taking on the vicious gangs of overkill city which are all yeah. of course mad maxi punks right with of crazy course. colored spiked hair and uh bats with nails in them and stuff who should we who should we cast in some of these uh, uh, gang you know leaders like the gang? Uh, well, the, some... Yeah, uh, yeah. Some yeah. some some known. Uh, uh, let's see. I, you know what? I mentioned him in the show. Let's get a Vinnie Jones in here as somebody. Let's do it. Oh yeah, come great. on. You know, <laughs> you really think you got a chance, copper? Uh... <laughs> maybe maybe Harvey Feinstein. That might be good. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah that's the one i'm gonna get you don't don't you listen the cops don't have jurisdiction no more so we're we're in a a city where there's like uh it's been like a it's been kind of like the warriors yeah it's it's been it's been uh it's been divvied up right so into different sections of the city belong to Mm. different gangs harvey firestein is leading some sort of uh if this is a futuristic New York kind of city. He's leading whatever mm-hmm. the Broadway gang is of musical exactly. theater people. <laughs> yeah. So he, by the I, way, oh he's God. leading the gang dressed as Edna Turnblad from Hairspray. Basically, he's in oh, drag. One hundred percent as yeah. the leader. Like of this everybody, group. yeah. Everybody in this gang is fully costumed. Yeah, there are people uh, yes. dressed like cats from Cats and stuff like that. You know, like it's all they're all in Vegas. There's a guy with a Phantom of the Opera mask, and yeah, it's all it's all just this... sort of plays on. Now I just want a movie just about this gang. This sounds very good. Well, like I mean, it's uh, yeah. Take the baseball furies from Warriors and just make it the Broadway furies, and you've got what this yeah. is. There you go. <laughs> so you've got you got Vinnie Jones leading the British guys. Harvey Firestein is doing the musical theater gang. Uh, ooh, listen, we could bring in one of our Chinese uh, actors that we love to lead the triads. Uh, 
let's say maybe a, a like a Tony Jaw or a, a Donnie I, Yen. I I'd love to see that. Yeah. 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 So you've got that gang and then they're all, they're all battling Rudger Hauer and his uh police force. His his I do have a tagline, I think. Ooh, please do. Uh the only way to end a gang war is to join it. <laughs> Very Excellent. nice. Very Five nice. Stars. I love it. Yeah, so coming yeah. to a red box near you, Battle of Overkill. <laughs> I love it. I want to see this movie. Uh, yeah. Especially the Harvey Firestein stuff. That sounds amazing. Uh, <laughs> that gang sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> I want a movie just about them. Uh, and of honestly. course, their their main enforcers are the gang from West Side Story. They're two founding members, uh, Rogers and Hammerstein. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Jerry, we, uh, thank you so much for coming on as always a pleasure to have you. Thank uh, you for having me. It was a blast. Uh, yeah. and I loved hating this movie. I really did enjoy hating this movie. Yes. This yes. is, this one was, was quite, quite a, quite a watch. Um, I think overall I could recommend this movie, you know, if you want to watch something. Well, this is, this is one of those, yeah, this is one of those like sci-fi channel kind of movies or like if you're going to have people yeah. over and, and riff on a bad movie, I think this is a great one. Uh, I, so. I do recommend being inebriated, however. I do. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it is that kind of movie. Uh, Safely. Don't don't drive and drink and watch this movie all at the same time. No, no, no. <laughs> we don't recommend it. We can't, do we can't don't do any of those things. So yeah. recommend that. Uh, uh, Lisman, though, next week on the show, Monster Mayhem rolls along. We're going to have our good friend Elliot Lewis with us to talk about Grizzly 2 Revenge. Now, what is this about, John? What, what is this movie? Well, it's, I bet you I there's some revenge it. happening. It seems, to, it seems to me to be about a giant grizzly bear seeking revenge. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> that's good. Uh, yes, we're going to do... Uh, and as always, listen, I will ask, uh, would you like to hear the tagline for Grizzly 2 Revenge? Yeah, lay it on me. The stage is set, dot, 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 and the dinner is served. <laughs> Grizzly 2, Revenge. Coming to us from the good folks at Canon Films. Yes. Yeah. And where, where can people find this movie? If they uh, want to watch it that's a good best. question. People can watch it on our beloved Amazon Prime, Lisman. Okay. There you go. Uh, a lot of the movies we watch are on Amazon Prime because <laughs> there's so many movies on Amazon Prime. And trust us, folks, if you're like Lisman and you watch a lot of movies for this show and you've fucked up your algorithm so much by that... <laughs> You'll see how far the rabbit hole goes. It's it's endless. It's a bottomless pit, like mm. honestly. Yeah, it really is. So, yes, Grizzly 2 Revenge. By the way, from 1983, starring, I, I do want to say this because I think that starring George Clooney. That's right. Clooney comes to the action shelf. Oh, that's a, right. A pre-fame oh. George Clooney. Charlie Sheen and Laura Dern are the stars of this movie, all before anyone really knew who any cast. of them were in 1983's Grizzly 2 Revenge. So, I've heard wow. him talk about this yeah. before. I've heard so, him interview talk about it. Yeah. So uh, here you go. Well, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this movie. So And a that blissful 75-minute so runtime. Um, gotta love it. Yes, gotta yes. love it. Uh, so yeah, we'll talk about that next week on the show. But that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the Action Shelf. I'm John Campbell.
I'm Michael Lisman. Till next week, get yourself some action. The action show. The Action Shelf is part of the Panel Up Podcast Network. Remember to follow us on social media. We're at Action Shelf Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us at actionshelfpod at gmail.com. Of course, you can also support the entire network by heading over to patreon.com slash panelup to get cool, exclusive bonus content. <laughs>